ever imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It's a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome, welcome to it. Another Monday stay-at-home edition or stay in Airbnb, perhaps, uh, for, for some of us. And I'm very proud of I've uh, been looking to do this for a long time, and I'm glad it worked out, even if the situations didn't exactly <sighs> didn't exactly make it easy to have none other than Mr. Alan Johannes on with me. Alan, welcome to the show, man. Oh, thank you. Am I live? Are we live? <laughs> Is this thing on? Is this thing on? You are live, yes. Yes, it, is, it took a bit of doing, uh, uh, mainly because, uh, you know, the world is in this very interesting position at the moment. So making plans is a little tricky, but here we are. Uh, if you don't mind divulging your uh, <laughs> your travel plans, did did you get canceled on again, or? Yes, a fifth time, a fifth cancellation. So Jesus. I'm collecting them like stamps. I actually made a little a collage photo of every email that notified me that my flight had been canceled by Latam Airlines, <laughs> and I'm missing one on the bottom right. Is five, so like the bottom right corner appears very lonely. So. I really hope that it doesn't happen uh, next time. So, I mean, you know, at this point, you just have to like, kind of like, you know, you know how they say, just flow with it, go with it, flow with it. You know, uh, let the universe be your guy, keep it chill. Um, At some point, I know that I will go to Los Angeles. Um, I'm missing a lot of my equipment. I have a tiny little bit of it here, a very tiny bit. Um, so tiny that, in fact, it's almost like not even a percentage of the gear that it's uh, uh, in my little studio at home, which is a little studio. It's not as big as 1180 used to be. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I just gra- I just bought a uh, Sarangi in November, and I learned uh, while I was ill in bed, I was learning to play it, and, and I'm out of practice. I only got three months on the thing, and I'm going to suck really hard when I get back. Yeah, I was sucking already, but that's beside the point. You know, it's, <laughs> that, that is, it's a tricky instrument. It's a tricky instrument. So. For, the, for, the, for the folks listening that, that are not watching the video, uh, what can you describe the instrument? Uh, yes, it, it is. Uh, uh, very often in Bollywood movies, uh, you'll hear a very lonely sounding cello, violin-like instrument. Right. Uh, you know, it has this beautiful, like kind of melancholy, that's a sarangi, and um, it has no fingerboard, and you have to use the outside of your fingers, the, the cuticle and nail area, which is designed for utmost uh, uh, pain. Um, <laughs> yeah, just just to, just to make to, sure that you're working for it a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to to slide to slide up and down these these gut strings, uh, 
It's got like, you know, uh, uh, quite a bunch of sympathetic strings. So you tune that to the key you're in and then all, all the notes you might hit so that they resonate. It sounds like a reverb chamber. It's a gorgeous instrument. And the Ram Narayan is the guy's name that I love. He's kind of like the the, the Django, the Jimi Hendrix of the instrument, the uh, Ravi Shankar. Um, the which, Eddie Van which Halen, one every yeah. musician can aspire to be, right? Is to be the like the yeah. Ravi Shankar of like the, you know the the, the yeah, nose flute yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I used to have a nose flute. You know that at my caves, you, if you try it, you have to buy it because hygienic reasons. <laughs> well, especially these days, but even before that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they were they were only ninety nine cents, and I got really good at at, at playing a Nikolai Nak music on it actually. Nice. And then when it gets to when it gets to the high notes, you have to make this really. Ugly face with a ghost, get the high, you know, and so whereas the rest of it is pure sex, so it's just it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like a really, really sick theremin, like a theremin that needs a lot of uh, fixing and, and maybe a holiday, yeah, not sick as um, in the, the kids would say, uh, no, dude, that's so sick. No, this is like, oh, that sounds really sick, you better fix that. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The surround is beautiful. Sick. That doesn't. That's not. Right. Yeah. That's not correct. I, know, I wonder what at what point the kind of like the meaning changed. No, no, I didn't mean it like that. I mean it's actually good. Oh, no, really? It's good. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I think a lot of it's skater culture, probably. Uh, you know, at least yeah. even though I never skated, that's certainly where I picked it up. Being. Uh, I used to skateboard until until I put a giant fire uh, hydrant screw into my leg when I was fifteen. Because I was, I had a banana board with kind of like wheels, and and I didn't tighten them, and then I went, and the moment that's late for the school bus, and then, and then the wheels came off, and I ran right into this fire hydrant on Sunset and Larrabee, and almost took my leg, almost took my leg off. And the story was that I died, and then when I showed up at, at Bancroft Junior High, everyone was like, "Oh my God, you're still alive." <laughs> yeah, which at that point, it's like since since the rumor is that you died, the fact that you were alive. I know. Alive. I, 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 I mean, I don't know if it was a good thing. It just like suddenly everyone was like, "Oh God, uh, he's I, alive." I thought he died. What a ripoff! <laughs> it's so it's so much cooler when you're dead. No, um, no. I mean, but but the worst part was that it, it made me never ride a skateboard again because yeah. you know, not the leg, but but my wrists in in trying to stop the impact. You know, on yeah. on the. You know, crashing into the fire hydrant with my wrist, it, I, I couldn't play guitar for a few months, and that was a bummer. It's the first time in my life. I mean, did you that, have, that had happened? Did you? I, I've talked to folks that have had those kinds of injuries before, and did you wonder, like, is this gonna be like, you know, a thing? Like, is am I gonna be able to do this? Like, was there that doubt? Did you have to do physical therapy and stuff? Well, no. I mean, you know, I don't think that. I mean, the, the fifteen and back in the seventies, but Are but I mean, it wasn't like. like <laughs> yeah, I, I knew. I knew that it, it wasn't broken. It was just very sore. Um, I mean, I do have like a like a like a. I think I had like almost two hundred stitches on my leg, so it looks like a shark, like a very small, angry shark. This tried to eat, and so I. I just can't. It's like a half moon, and it looks like it. Like I said, like a small, angry shark. So, um, yeah. So I mean, sometimes I, t I tell the story that it, that I got bitten by a small, angry shark off of Catalina snorkeling. Right. And sometimes I'll tell the truth that I'm a really shitty skateboarder. So, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, it was back then I was just crazy. I, I love to go between cars and Laurel Canyon and, you know, it was, it was a thing, but I, I never quite got good enough. Uh, but I mean, it wasn't my fault. The wheels did, did just the, came, came the, off. the wheels literally came off of, the, of that. Yeah. I mean, when you don't tighten them enough the night before, when you, when you get new wheels, then 
and you you aren't supposed to ride till the weekend, then you didn't tighten the wheels enough, then then it could happen, you know. Very, and then you know, at Larrabee Hill, it's like one block from where Tarooks used to be. It's like literally forty five degrees, so you you can pick up some speed. And so and so when they came, I literally had the choice of jumping over the fire hydrant onto like traffic on Sunset and like you know dying that way, or taking the chance and taking the impact. You know. Yeah, I mean, you take the L, right? It's it's. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So, so that, that, so that's that. I don't know how we got there, but uh, yeah. So I, yeah. I came. I got, so your name I is Alan Johannes. <laughs> Pleasure to be I, here. I got here. Yeah, I got here to to play a Lollapalooza with my trio and a couple of uh, awesome uh, uh, guests. You know, uh, Chris Aedo on vocals and uh, Nachoko on guitar, and then obviously Kote and Fellow. And we had about. I got here March fifth, and we had about a week of rehearsal. And I went away for the weekend for with my cousins, and then we just never got together again for rehearsals because they locked us in. So I've been kind of in a room since March 16th, which is pretty much like some people, have, but the lockdown here is, is is still ongoing. I think some some neighborhoods are going to get opened up a little bit. You can go you can go for shopping, and you can go shop uh, uh, twice a week for three hours. And then the the hardest part is is just dealing with like all this energy I had making this record. It's like oh my god, I, I made it to the illness and I made a record. I'm gonna go on tour. And you can't play. You cannot do literally any of those things. Yeah. No, no, no. And, and the, the European tour that I had, a couple months worth, and then I needed to come back and whatever and and etc. So, but obviously this has happened to all of us. And um, well, so a couple questions a, there. One of which is is uh, is she like. like is it consistent? Like, are people consistently, um, you know, is, is are lockdowns in places all over? Is it kind of well, depend on whatever the local dignitary, uh, dignitary? Well, what, what, what happened? What happened is they didn't lock down all of it. They 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 did it in in the problem areas, uh, and right. so a lot of it was locked down. Then the other parts, and they tried that for a while. And then there were people that were like, you know, that weren't on lockdown. They're literally going around going, oh, what? I don't need a mask or whatever. Um, and then other people were going, I'm going to go to the beach. And, you know, the usual kind of stuff. That when, when you don't really believe this thing is real, you don't know anybody that it's happened to. And or you mistrust, you know, just you just mistrust in general. Uh, but, you know, I had just come from Italy in November when I got sick. And, and then so I stayed in touch with my friends in, in the Devils that I produced this really cool punk band. And they were telling me this this is this is intense. This is this is this is crazy, you know. So well, I knew. Yeah, and I Plus, guess that's, that's where I'm getting. Yeah. It's not it's not just a stock question. I'm asking because you are a dude that I mean, you get around. You you, you do a lot, yeah. and and that involves a lot of uh, you know a lot of travel, and yeah. I think the only uh, of the many folks I've talked to oh. since the quarantine started out, uh, the guys in Torch. Uh, well, I mean, they were in a situation where they like literally were on on the way to a European tour, and then it was like, um. Yeah, no. And so they got kind of stuck in like the in the middle, so to speak. And that was a whole thing in and of themselves. Well, was, oh, were they able to get back? They were, they, stuck they were on, finally uh, able to roof. get back, but it was it was uh, it was an adventure. Let's put it that way. And <laughs> oh my God. And then I I think about the fact you know we've been going back and forth about having you be on the show, and it's sort of like oh you know did, what's up with your flight? Did you you know did you make it? Oh yeah did yeah yeah. Again? And, and like you've just been kind of holed up in this Airbnb. Uh, yeah, not able to, with an awesome new record and not able to really do that much with yeah. it. So I mean, are you writing I mean, like new records in your head right now, or what? Well, like how you, wait, how that, do you maintain sanity? I, I, you know, that's the funny thing is is that that I, I went through, I've gone through a lot of periods of like, well, first of all, like you know, 
whatever I had, I don't, it could have been COVID. I, when I get to LA, uh, uh, I'm going to try to do a proper test where, because I had this respiratory illness that lasted almost three months that I, you know, that was not, unlike anything I'd ever had before. And they kept doing scans and said it's pneumonia, that's bronchitis and antibiotics. And the only thing that helped in the end was steroids. So maybe I already had it. So, so consequently what's happened is, is, of several factors is like being stuck stuck without being able to move much at all when i'm really supposed to be like moving around as much as possible as part of my your, like like just regular ongoing yeah, convalescence yeah, yeah convalescence yeah yeah yeah, to, yeah to, to get my lungs back in shape you know because because you know i mean it's like my voice uh, the power and and the, and the capacity of the lungs is nowhere and, and i still like hack up stuff every once in a while now that could also be because it's extremely polluted here during the winter time. So kind of the air filter and the windows are closed. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And the curtains, are, you know. And so, but thankfully, I've been able to uh, do a little bit of working. Uh, I've, I've produced some stuff. I've mixed some stuff. I've remixed some stuff. I've mastered some stuff at a distance because I had a mini uh, studio that I carry with me at all times, and that and I have instruments here. So I grabbed my electric and I borrowed a bass and I had my acoustic that I was going to go on tour with and my cigar box. So I do have stuff. I have a microphone, a nice interface. My my friend uh, Marco Plaza from MP Amps made me a little combo, you know, so everything's cool. At, at first it wasn't because the neighbor that since has gone home to the UK, I actually appeared in the front of the newspaper with this. He 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 kept complaining. I couldn't I, I couldn't make any sound at all. Like like knocking at all hours. Oh no. I'm trying to I'm trying to do this live stream thing, or we're, we're recording this tune. You know, that we're trying we to bring joy a, to people around the world, Dick. <laughs> Knock it off. Anyway, anyway, so so I've never had to feel shy about things like that because I'm very conscientious. He's like, and keep obviously... it down in there. I'm binging. This is us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so but but truth be told, like my energy was completely in something else. And so so I haven't really been as creative as, as I'd like. On you know, beyond the occasional Instagram jam that I love to that keeps me sane where, you know, I just need to like, you know, uh, kind of connect with my peeps out there and, and, uh, you know, do some improv improvising. So, but I'm, I'm kind of like this, this, this ger germinating uh, idea of an instrumental record is now appearing because obviously like the rest of the year, uh, I think I should spend, uh, doing, making as many albums as possible. So whenever we get able to go out there and tour again, uh, next year sometime, hopefully, under whatever conditions it might be. I mean, it all depends how, how this thing plays out, right? Obviously with the vaccine and the, and the treatments and, and people's confidence in being able to go, you know, like, you know, for me, even, even playing like the solo, the solo tour, it's like, it's like there's small places and intimate places, but it's still, everyone's packed like sardines. So, right. and it's like, it's, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah the, the whole idea and people are, are, well, we could do shows if it was, my favorite is the meme of like, you know, solo noise shows, socially distancing before it was cool, you know, and it's it just shows, yeah. you know, there's like two people at like somebody with a laptop and some pedals in a corner. But I mean, realistically speaking, for the kind of thing that a lot of us get out of live music, it's just it's it's not enjoyable. It's not the experience. Oh. And to think that you would in whatever way even potentially put someone at risk uh, and, yeah, and make no. this worse. I mean, how could anyone with a conscious step yeah. forward with that how could you i couldn't well, no no you can't and especially because it's not clear cut it really all depends on on how you're going to react to this virus we don't no, nobody knows how they're going to react some people don't feel anything some people have like a mild symptoms and some people end up in an intubated yeah. and you just don't know it, it's not necessarily that it's uh, pre-existing conditions and older people it could be anybody and it also 
a lot of it seems to be like uh, how, how much exposure you actually have. Like, uh, remember reading about that choir that they all, a lot of them got sick. That they were all singing in each other's faces for for whatever amount of time. Depends how much you get in you that that your system can handle it. Right. Or whatever. So, so until until there's some kind of uh, you know, obviously you could have more distance. It seems outdoors is better, right? Outdoors yeah. is better. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. So, I mean, but it was really funny to me. It's like, you know, throughout, throughout since, since my first album in like 84 or whatever, 83, when, you know, and then we we're already like three years into trying to get signed back then. And I was just like, oh my God, finally, you know, but like, you know, that it got to the point where you know, the streaming, you know, you get point zero 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 one per play, but at least we have the live shows. At least we can go out and tour. And, <laughs> right. And, and sell our records ourselves and merch. Yeah, so it's it's interesting adjustment. Wah, and and uh, yeah, and for me also like getting together with people, like producing records, engineering records, collaborating on records. All of that has to do with yeah, gathering together. So I think my loose plan is to try to get out of uh, uh, the funk in my mind. You know, right. it was just yeah. I'm already kind of like kind of accepting and 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 trying to quiet because obviously like especially because something like this it's is so unusual. I don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think we've ever we've ever been in a situation, uh, us, you know, whatever the last this generation, the previous generation, you know, for, for a, quite a long time. Maybe maybe during the Cold War, where you didn't know if there was going to be nuclear war, but like the not knowing where yeah. things are going. Yeah. Right. That's kind of weird. Like I, keep, I I think about that uh, with that Minutemen song. You know, I keep trying to talk to girls, but I think about World War Three. You know, like, uh, right. like it's like that level of dread. But like it's something where yeah. we're also universally connected, so everyone's feeding off each other's anxiety and uh, yeah, yeah. And especially if you've not gotten used to socializing online, I mean, the amount of stuff that happens there, I'm just like, oh my god, I have to just not. You know, try to not be on my phone at all. Otherwise, right. <laughs> well, and it's yeah. so, so that yeah. So and there's a lot to go there, and, and you you hit on a couple of things that I wanted that, that I want to talk about. I don't want to make this the uh, Alan and Conan uh, pandemic podcast necessarily, but I I do think it's. No, we can do a little side episode on the yeah, you know, exactly. just do a little edit. <laughs> side series. We'll do it. It'll be a mini series. That's okay. We're not going to go too crazy. It's like people people really don't want to hear about that. It's all they're living. It's like, oh. oh my god, no, seriously, of course, yeah. But, Sorry, everybody. No, no, but what, what, what people have gotten value out of uh, with, with the show is, is hearing how people have been dealing with it, like what they've been doing. If they've been be, being able to stay creative, if so, how? Like the fact yeah. that you have, you know, you brought equipment with you and you at least have like something with you is, is like, I was like yeah. God, that's great because imagine if you weren't, right? Imagine if you didn't. I, I, got, a, I, I got extremely lucky, but I tend to travel with, the, you know, in case, uh, you know, there's an idea that that, that is... So, you know, not only to document, but very often, like, because I've produced so many, so many records right. and I carry, I carry a few hard drives because this will happen. Like, oh, my God, we can't find the stems for the song. Or I wish we had, like, a mix that had just this little quieter. Or where's the acapella of this? And, like, yeah. no one can find it, even though I've given it to everybody a million times. And I have it. I have, I'm, like, I'm, I'm the reasonable guy that has it with me. So I'm, like, staying up in some hotel, like, uploading some master files to some to somebody that was supposed to um safely kept on like anyway, hotel wi-fi where, where where it's it's like log on here to get to your yahoo yeah. mail and it's like dude i need to move yeah. a two terabyte file <laughs> yeah i know i know because you, you hit you hit send you hit send a we transfer and, and it kind of thinks about it and it says uh, uh 25 hours and i'm like oh, okay yeah. so that's what we have, to, we have to leave in four, we have to get in the van in four hours what's what's gonna happen here anyway but yeah so and, and i think it's it's and again, you hit on a couple things. Uh, I, I do, 
I do want to talk about the new record. I think the new record's great. It's very uh So let's start there. It's very All right. I'm going to use the term earthy and I don't mean that like earthy. It, 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 it's very uh, right. organic. That's that's cool. And yeah. uh, I I dug it and it it's it's something where you know the songs are good. I you know, the the playing's wonderful. Was that like a kind of a conscious choice uh, to to approach those songs that way, or did it end up just working out that way? Well, I mean the the the, the impetus for the record had been building for a while. Um, um, it wasn't composed beforehand, and and the the entire thing was based on trust. That as soon as I got got inspired enough, or or the the that that kind of burning desire, the solar plexus burning the energy boiling of the need to, to, to create a record was so intense that I would have no choice. Now, I was supposed to do this last year in, uh, around spring, and then I, I hit a wall with some other stuff, with you know, mental and, and physical stuff again. Of course, yeah. Um, and, then, and then I ended up, you know, to get out of that, I booked myself a tour, in, uh, a solo tour, to get re-inspired or, or reconnected, and I did that, and then I, and I stayed in Italy to produce then I got back and I was supposed to start my record and uh, then instead I was sick in bed for like I said from mid November until surprise the beginning of fe- <laughs> yeah. the beginning of February <laughs> anyway so um, while I was uh, while I was uh, uh, I had a lot of time to think about my life and and where I wanted to mm-hmm. go and and to deal with you know think about a lot of things that had happened um, you know losing uh, more loved ones and and you know and and so. Um, but uh, mo- most of the energy was just kind of like this need to 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 document this this desire I had to to move forward and and to somehow process the past in in, in a healthier way so it, so it doesn't weigh me down it kind of just actually pushes me forward like the blessing of all of the friendships and and relationships and and, and loves to be this thing you know and so um, I had. The only plan I had was to to I, I kept loosely thinking. Well, I know I know that it, I wanted it, like you said, earthy because I I, pick, I kept thinking of templates like Nick Drake's uh, records, um, Robert Wyatt records, early seventies records where where things hang on a on an acoustic instrument, and then then from there um, everything kind of it's a song. It's just a vocal and and and, and an acoustic instrument is a song, and everything else is kind of like serving that purpose and creating this atmosphere. So I know I wanted it to be, you know, a lot of uh, 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 the wood and the strings and the percussion. That, you know, I have all this uh, percussion that I've been collecting, shamanic uh, percussion and Native uh, Native American flutes and, and other drums. And then, you know, I have like my, my go-tos, which are the fretless Evo that I, uh, that I can do these little sections with. Um, harmonium, you know, concert yeah. harmonium, which is kind of, as it goes, you know, it's good. You've, it's you've got your specific like sort of, kind of baroqueness sort yeah. of locked down. Like you, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you know what yeah. these things can do and like cool ways to utilize them. I mean, I got a Portuguese guitar that I that I got because when I produced that combo in Portugal, they played me uh, Carlos Paredes, and then I fell in love with, with this music, and I and I found myself that instrument. And so the first song, Mermaid Scream, is 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 is, is featuring that, and that entire that 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 rolling or the backward arpeggio. Uh, chordal sequence and the vocal was already something that came out of me during an Instagram post. So I knew that was going to be the first song. And I'd just seen The Lighthouse, you know, the Eggers movie. Oh, yeah. And so yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah. So the imagery was like Mermaid Scream and like mythological themes and, and, and to see it, it was so impactful for me. 
that I had that kind of like you know I, all I need to do to get in to get in, in to start is is to have something to start with you know and then I'll, the, the other thing I had was the, the the picking part in hum and the chords in hum which is a that got Nick Drakeish type tuning with yeah. people and think on the fourth fifth right yeah. very very much of, of that tradition with 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 your take on it and it's it's something that yeah. you know we were kind of joking around earlier about that instrument and talking about you know being the Django of uh <laughs> of that thing <laughs> uh it, it did occur to me listening to the record that you know i think Django reinhardt gets overused as a no as, but it's correct as a color but, but like but yeah. the, the expressiveness and the plane the fact yeah. that like you get so much out of just how how it's all put together the feeling with the notes like it's a very like it's, a, it's an emotional ride and it's something that mm, thank you and i feel like Django reinhardt's like one of those bands like slint or something where people just they they make the analogy all the time and it's like eh, kind of i guess but yeah, like it yeah. actually very it's very it's very Django ash in its way like i mean obviously it's it's your unique voice but well, it's, it's well, interesting I mean, that I, I can't think of it, i can't think of anyone else that can do that frankly <laughs> they probably exist well, I mean, maybe i don't know but it's an amazing i i, I, I thank you there, there, there's there's a lot of Paco de lucia in me that i grew up listening yep. to you know yeah and and bird Yanch, you know with the dad gad and, and and the kind of folk tradition richard thompson um I, you know, I just really, I, th- I thought this was the best way to present. So the, the only thing that, that, that changed, literally, and the reason why a lot of other things happened, like I, I, and using a banjo with a bow instead of a hurdy-gurdy, which I don't have, but, you know, it gives you that kind of mid-rangey sound. In Hollow Bones, you can hear it, like, and then especially hear it in, in, in Phoenix in the last song. So, so you know, it sounds like a medieval instrument while it's very mid-rangey thing and when you tune it in roots and fifths and you bow it they're holding it up like this you know you're gonna get that um i had originally planned to to play a lot of uh you know cello and and horns uh, as as arrangements but but my to you know i, I from the first mermaid scream when i tried to do that middle section i realized that my lungs weren't gonna, gonna be able to give me the tone i needed to do oh, because they were wow. so very weak. okay so that was a functional yeah. choice then so that was something where yeah functional choice yeah because I, I went like, I went like, you know, bass clarinet, you know, which is, you know, yeah. I went like, yeah, but you got like, okay, to, like, you got you got to get yeah. the breath, you got to get the power behind it, or yeah. it's gonna sound like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't trip, you know. One thing I always prided myself on is I'm not a technician on these instruments, but I, I do get, I do, do do know how to get a good tone on them. And when when that was, I immediately shifted gears and instead of tripping out about it, because because and and the other thing that kind of uh, uh, that I kept as, as a mantra, I you know I always get into these zones when I make uh, solo records. Spark especially was I felt Natasha's presence, and then this yeah. one yeah. that happened again, and and it took me back to the days of Euphoria Morning when when Chris Natasha and I would be working on stuff, and I kind of felt them around me in this kind of like you know. Um, uh, kind of dreamlike way, you know, because because I was in such a zone, and then thinking was the last thing that happens to me in, in that state. I just have to, I just trust, and, and I am almost like receive, trying to catch up with the transmission, like taking notes, like a, a court, you know, the stenographer like, and then he said, you know, it's almost a like stenographer, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes, that's kind of my function because because uh, I, this other mental trick that I did is like I imagined the album already finished, mm. right? Um, in the future, it's already existing. And then also being a fan of quantum mechanics and 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 you know all that other kind of esoteric uh, science, I just thought, well, the record's already existing. All I got to do is like listen for it and 
just kind of copy it, you know. You're, you're, you're talking to the right guy. I have in my in my mid twenties crisis, like, oh, maybe I should stop making records and touring and go be uh, go back to school and be a physics professor. So you're talking. Oh, there to the you right go. Guy. I mean, I, I absolutely love that. I mean, you know, Alan Aspect and David Baum and and you know Niels Bohr and I mean, forget about it. I, I read, Richard Feynman. Except for the, yeah. Feynman. I mean, and his obsession with tuba, by the way, too. Yeah. And, and the you know anyway. So so I had all these books, and 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 the thing is that. Um, that uh, uh, you know, where I stopped was where I actually needed to do some hard work and figure out what the math was was doing. I figured they, they 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 figured that out. There's all these equations, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what this is all about. Like like the quantum mechanics books were the, the very technical ones. I was like, I, I'm more interested in you you do it and then tell me what it means in terms of reality, you know, or or it's it's lack of definition as it were. Whatever, even if it's just a mental trick, and it took a lot of pressure away because the album's already finished. You know, it's already finished. All I got to do is just kind of like tune into to it and and uh, and have it dictated to me. So, yeah. uh, so that's 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 how in twelve days I managed to do the record, including writing it. You know, I mean, all the lyrics were written on the spot uh, the day of the, the the recording. Had there been so any other records that you had sort of done that way, like where you kind of had the the end result sort of already? in mind as like a fixed yeah. point and then gotten, you know, wrote the backstory, like, uh, like primer. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but I, I guess it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's meant to be, be called strange. primer, but that's, you sound like an idiot when you say yeah. primer it's like, and it's like really yeah. it's an English word. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but like, well, how, the, maybe there's a, the there's non a parallel album. universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's primer in one and primer in the other yeah. parallel universe. I'm in the and wrong universe. Is, it explains so much. If the, if the pronunciations <laughs> touch each other, antiphase, it just, everything blows up. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I mean, Spark was 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 like four or five days of very intense, and then Fragments was uh, was uh, I already had the the fragments on my Instagram, which has been my sketch pad for seven years. Yeah, you know? so so, and that's something I want to talk about because there's a lot of people that do the uh, the playing guitar at the camera thing, uh, yeah. and, and my patience levels are. <laughs> all over the place for it but i always enjoy yours i think yours are very oh, interesting you. and uh you know oh, thank you. part of that's the plane part of it's the expressiveness but it, it always seems like there is some purpose to it even if i don't immediately know or divine the purpose so i always watch yeah. them and i always like them and it's interesting to see like that be yeah almost like your demos or something right that you have yeah, these, like, um, larger I, ideas that work off of it's it's literally like like uh um I have this need to do it, you know, and then it'll come and no matter what's happening, I need to do it. And then what I'll do is I'll literally just, just sit down and sometimes I have a little bit of an idea of what's going to happen or I set up a situation. For example, if I do the, my, my iTablet Pro uh, Tambura drone thing in a certain key and whatever, I know I'm going to improvise over that or like certain effects on guitar or if it's going to be 12 string or cigar box or, or flamenco guitar or what portuguese guitar or uh, five string mandolin uh in the carnatic tuning you know um just that there's that but the actual content of it is almost 100 percent improvised almost all the time i might have a little bit of a of a little you know oh this this is a cool little change okay i'm gonna film this right now and then what happens is because it, it becomes like the, like a performance so it has this extra edge to it and it immediately takes me out of thinking about it like analyzing it and trying you get to get like, out of that you know, analytical headspace yeah exactly which i really suck at which is so it's good that i'm so <laughs> so too... well i mean th then maybe that speaks to a larger question of because this is something where 
you know, producer hat comes into play as well when it comes time mm-hmm. to arrangement and, you know, finding like what's good and, you know, what needs work or like what needs something else or whatever. Like, how do you, how do you sort that and how do you order that? Because I feel, and the reason there's a, there's a point to that sort of generalized question, because I feel like before I really knew about you as anything other than a name, mm-hmm. I went back and actually listened not sequentially or anything, but I listened to a bunch of your yeah. records and I noticed certain things where it's like, oh no, that's a total Alan Johannes part or that's a total Alan Johannes mm-hmm. thing oh, in wow. a good way, but it all was value <laughs> yeah. added. There's always things that was like, you know, something, sometimes it was like, oh, there's something that, you know, maybe was taken out, but there's some, oh, there's a thing there. So, yeah, I mean, obviously you've made so many records and you've, you've mm-hmm. had this life in music where you've done so much, but what do you think about when it comes time to arrangement? Like what's, what's your... What's your overall mindset? What are the what are the tripfalls and things that you've learned to watch out for? And you know, like yeah. what 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 can you give as far as mountain <laughs> man on the mountain giving some wisdom to the songwriter? Oh, no, no, no pressure. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, okay, no <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing about that. Well, I'm, I'm you know I'm not very good about the uh, uh, like I said I'm not analytical, so I will go very much intuitive. But there's obviously certain things that I immediately come to mind uh, textually, uh, depending on the dramatic arc and the feel of the song, you know, like things that, and I love things to be, to, to work together in a way that they're almost like, like sometimes it might be a really subtle sound that's just behind things. It's adding attention and some things that, that are, go, you know, supporting what, what the, the melody and, and the, and the main instruments are doing and some things that are uh, pushing against them to create again, more tension with things that are dissonant, things that are kind of uh, um, sympathetic to the thing. And then also, it, it all depends. And I think I, I attribute this sense that I have about arrangement to the endless amounts of hours that I spent listening to music. I mean, beyond all the hours I, I, I spent playing music is the, the listening that really got me to where I am today. Like, I'm talking like minimum four hours a day since I was, you know, and before I was even 10 years old, you know, and and all kinds of music from all time periods, all styles. I, I, I became enamored with trying to figure out a way to make the guitar expressive like a voice. Yeah, and yeah. Finding places, yeah, and, and, and places uh, or, 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 or musics that had that in it, like obviously gypsy music, you know, like the, 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 the emotional content of the flamenco guitar, but then also Indian classical music, you know, sitar and, and the way that, that 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 it emulates a voice or like sarangi or, or whatever um anything that, that that led me to this or you know obviously saxophones and jazz i love you know some dorothy coltrane miles Dave, you know everything yeah um uh and and so so and then i think a big part of that for me too was because a big a head turner was uh, brian may of all people um <laughs> because because uh, no i mean you know he's a genius guitar player but but and the way that he made it as well yeah, exactly. The way, even though it wasn't related to to a lot of us more more like world music or experimental music that I was listening to, his command of tone and texture is so ex- incredible. He made the guitar sound. I mean, there's many reasons for that. that you know, not only his, his his hands and his phrasing, his musical ideas, right. but also the the out of phase pickups and his trisonics, the treble booster, the 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 way you know. Remember, I used to say no synthesizers because it always sounded like it's a cello, it's a clarinet. It's, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. It's try- it's it's like yeah. trying to be this thing, failing to be that thing, and being its own thing instead. 
Right, exactly. So, so, so I think I think arrangement wise, and then and then you know with eleven, obviously, I got to be around one of the biggest geniuses of all time, Natasha, and yeah. her her perfect pitch and ability to compose with her eyes closed, without ever touching an instrument, and and sense of texture and color, having you know being in the early days being groomed to be like a great composer in in, the, in that era, uh, but obviously she loved rock music and and. R&B and Aretha and Stevie Wonder and so she she's like I'm gonna defect I'm gonna go to this to America and, and be in Iraq <laughs> but they're like yeah, you're supposed yeah. to be next to Shostakovich and she's like ah fuck that yeah so yeah and that's one thing that uh, so I saw the documentary uh, last year actually after spending some time with uh, our mutual friend Dave Ketching in the mm. in Joshua Tree one of my favorite people the sweetest man in the planet and I. Just decided to watch the documentary because you know I, I enjoy your music, but it was like I was like I was like oh you know what I, I kind of like to know more about Alan, and it what kind of was so astounding to me is like just finding out so much about Natasha about, about yeah her journey, mm-hmm. and and yeah just this stunning presence that I, I you're right like should be like an opera house, or mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you, you know non dirtbag society level of appreciation. <laughs> And, uh, but then no. also having this this adoring love for rock music and for, you know, the the powerful performers of uh, of that idiom and, and translating that yeah. into a way. And it's it's something where, like, I got context on a lot of things that I didn't I didn't have because I wasn't around for it. You know, I wasn't wasn't quite old yeah. enough at the time. And yeah. just you know, you guys' partnership was just like it's like symbiosis. Like, you know, it, yeah. it like transcends like basic hey, it's Lennon McCartney. It's like no, this well, is like it, sheer brain it was, stuff. <laughs> I mean it, you know, from me having a having a dream I'm gonna meet her and then meeting her the next day yeah. to like, you know, just just like the twenty four years so that we never we're never apart, you know, being part of, you know, obviously the eleven, um uh, Euphoria Morning, later in Queens, uh, you know, producing stuff together, um, you know, that journey. And she joined What Is This? And then and then Jack uh, went back, Halala already left, uh, back to the Peppers, and Jack left. And so we started Walk the Moon, just one album in the 80s, when, like, you know, the, the one most embarrassing moment of my life is, like, me agreeing to dance in this video that oh, was on right. yeah, that's a great, that's a great moment in the documentary, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! It's just like to this day, you know, you know how you have these memories where where they, they come back, and then no matter what you're doing, you're like <laughs> like this, you know. You do the shirt, and you can wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my God! I guess you know. Right, right. But like you know, we were we were nervous and we were drinking, and then it was a big director, and he's like, "No, you should dance." I'm like, "I don't really dance." Uh, well, you should try. I'm like, "Look, I'm wearing these really weird tight pants. It's gonna look really weird." And the hair, you know, those hair people and things it get did. teased. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, and Josh and I were so nice. We didn't think of saying, you know what? Fuck off. We're going to wear the, you know, all black and we're going to look how we always look and just make a fucking video and let's get out of here. No, we didn't have that. We were always like trying to be cool and uh, that was a big mistake. Anyway. Uh, but, <laughs> but that said, I mean, for that era, I mean, it's Even a, it's a funny era. movie in the documentary, but there's, let's face it, there's, there's, there's people with careers that were way more. I mean, that. The album itself, even though I had a lot of drum machine and very 80s sounding, Dave Jordan produced it actually. Um, those 80s sounds are present, but the songwriting was very, very prototype uh, 11, really. Yep, and, it's, and, there, yeah. and there's hints of what you would do later, and it's something where you can follow yeah. that thread and just see that evolution as things go. Very, exactly. And it's, it's, again, it's very striking for anyone that 
you know, hasn't been along on that journey for the entire time to kind of see it all laid out like that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it just it was the weirdest thing ever like arriving in Chile after 46 years and meeting my real father and my two brothers and cousins and that's and yeah, there's like six movies that. worth of stuff that happens in this documentary. <laughs> Fido, and Fido's like, Fido's like, uh, you know, I mean, my father, my uncle Peter, who was like, like, you know, my my kind of like mentor, put it, multi instrumentalist. He was the crazy one in the family, and him showing up at, at the apartment, my mom's apartment, as he would, and have been rehearsing there throughout my, you know, from six six on uh, into my teens. That would that was amazing for me because I had all these instruments yeah. sitting around. And they were they had a terrible work ethic, so they were fucking around like you know getting high, and, <laughs> right. and I had this entire studio to myself, you know, I'm like yeah. oh, a, a bass, a Fender Rhodes, here's a four track machine, here's like microphones, like and that's how I started to I learn how to do stuff. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like distortion plus pedals, like you know, uh, flutes, his flute, his trumpet, all this stuff is sitting around, and I wanted to emulate him and stuff, and you know, so all that all that was was a huge part of it. But it's just so weird, like like like. When he asked me, when Fito asked me, the director, uh, so we're thinking about making a documentary about you. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Uh, just uh, okay. And it's, it's, it's going to be, we're going to be really invisible. Just every time you show up, we're going to film too. Yeah. And then, I and, mean, and then, I think there'll be cameras around, but don't worry. We won't make, <laughs> we won't be dicks about it. <laughs> and, and then, and then, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then and then when your famous friends come, can you please arrange for us to talk to them? And that was that was yeah, yeah. Uh, no pressure. Thanks, thanks in advance. Yeah. <laughs> and then like you know, seven, six years, seven years later, seven years later, the thing is finished. Uh, and a lot of stuff in the movie was happening in real time, you know. Yeah, it so almost seems I, like it was something where nobody really knew like how it was even going to end, right? Because so much stuff right, exactly, and, uh, you know, life happens. <laughs> Right. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a strange thing to have a movie and you know still alive and have a movie about you, and you know whatever. But 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 uh, I think he did a really respectful and cool job. And and I've only managed to watch it once, and it was literally weeks after Chris had passed, and and I had to go down and ask questions and play a couple of tunes. And I I swear that was the most intense moment, like to watching that movie and then the charge that, that it gave me, like seeing everybody up on screen and then and I'm not knowing. All the sweet things that people had said, you know, obviously Josh and yeah. Matt and Kim and Ben and 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 Lanigan's like, yeah, sure, I've heard of it. <laughs> he said all kinds of he said he said all kinds of awesome stuff, but like they, they just use that one little thing because you know probably their English isn't very good, so they don't know what the hell he was saying. Um, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, but anyway, but it's, but, it's yeah. all, but it's all great stuff, and it's something where I think that that's you know, it may sound weird, but it's almost like that's a good introduction into your world to kind of understand like where you're at now with doing this stuff and, and, and where you came from. And yeah. I realized I took yeah. you off off track with uh, answering very diligently a, a very important question about arrangement, but I think it's, all, it's also, not a lot of people get documentaries made about them, man. Like it's like, yeah, that's I, it, it's interesting. And it's something where it's even more interesting that's a good one. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a miracle. Yeah. No, but he he did a really good thing. I think I think once once my, when my sister answered that that this is I'm going to call this a love story. I think that he finally realized the angle as opposed to like this you know a, a national a national pride about me being Chilean yeah. you know which is a big part of it, but at the same time me me reconnecting at a time when like to close the circle and meet my paternal side, the entire side of the family that that I've never known. I only knew existed since my late 20s and then finally meeting and connecting and having a few years, you know, before he passed away was, you know, was really beautiful. And also they helped me to understand a lot about 
the mysterious aspect of me that I didn't really see uh, in, in in my family uh, on my mother's side, you know? Yeah, it's they, almost they, like they that, just... could, that could have been a movie in and of itself, just that, that, that path of discovery yeah. and, 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 you know, finding... Like, I, it, yeah. in, in no uncertain way, it's something where, you know, seeing you, like, connect with with the Chilean folks and, like, having having everyone kind of, like, vibe with it and be like, oh, wow, that's so, like, yeah, that's, like, so everyone's looking for that, right? Find your people. It's so beautiful, and they were paying attention all this time, and and, and we'd become this iconic band, even though in in the States, uh, the labels had never properly promoted us. Yeah, and couldn't get arrested in the overseas. States, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it was, it was, it was, our, it was our friends that, that helped 11, you know, Soundgarden taking us on tour, Pearl Jam, Queens, you know, that, that was how we got in front of audiences. You know, obviously, it'd be nice if after the show they could find an album somewhere, but that's beside the point. <laughs> you ask too much. <laughs> yeah. No, no, but it's a beautiful thing. I, I, you know, it's, 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 um, we, knew, we knew going into this that, that we were going to be extremely uh, guarded of, uh, of, of music, like protecting it and never make concessions and, and uh, except for the dancing bit in the video, um, <laughs> which, is, which is, which is actually <laughs> uh, as a narrative point, it's great because it, it, it provides a counterpoint to a, a lot, lot of other stuff. And it's something where it's like, man, who amongst us hasn't had like a moment like that? We're like, well, can't take that one back. Yeah, It's just a little goofy. It's like, Oh yeah. Well, eh, you know, <laughs> I got one. It's like I, I'm just going to be very short, but this, this is another one of those moments where you go. Ah. So imagine me uh, being, being like I think I was nine or ten, and and I, and I for the first time brought a guitar to school, and I was this kind of invisible kid. This is one girl that I thought was so cute, and so I brought my guitar, and and then during during lunch, I start playing. It's in Mexico City. I start playing it uh-huh. and singing like. As singing like Jesus Christ Superstar songs and and VGs from this movie Melody, you know, before you know early seventies VGs. Sure. And uh, oh my God, everyone's noticing me, and especially she's noticing me. So then the next the next morning in the school bus, I'm like, I have a cold, you know, like, and so she she suddenly walks from the cool kids section and sits <laughs> right in, sits right in front of me Dude, and turns around and starts section. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and starts talking to me, and I can't believe it because I'm so shy and she's so beautiful. And she makes this joke, which is kind of just a half, whatever. It's an okay joke, you know, kid's joke. And I over laughed and my entire nose uh, spilled out, like, out, you know, all the, all the kind of like cold thing. And then she, she's like, Ew! and she walked right back to the front. I was like, well, there you go. I totally blew that. That's, uh, I had one moment where I was a cool musician guy. And then you had and an unrequested, just all over. unrequested mucus surplus. Oh. oh my god, that's like it's in the universe is so perverse like <laughs> yes, that. It's exactly. just hilarious. I was gonna say that'll keep you humble yeah. for sure. So when did you Exactly and that's I think that's the reason why I'm I'm humbled now. Yeah. <laughs> that moment, yeah. Well, but it's it's something yeah. where that's that's also identifiable. That's something that uh you can recognize that and that's something yeah, everyone's had moments like that in their life. And like I think Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna name names, but there's there are these documentaries that it's sort of like really you just you never had a like a low moment or like you just were yeah. you always knew what you were doing huh always made great and then my favorite is the ones where it's like oh and they made all these great records and like oh and then there's this five year gap you just didn't, didn't do anything there didn't do it's like oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you made a record that was okay fine whatever it's, that's yeah 
That's a different kind well, of documentary. I mean, yeah, well, that's the thing is 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 that is that uh, it's a, it's all process to me, and like that's why I keep getting excited about the future, and I never really think that I've right. arrived and learned anything. And and even especially as a as a producer or engineers, like I don't have a bag of tricks, like. Like I will discover some interesting things, like do some unusual things that yield great results. But that was for that project in that moment. Uh, it just appeared because, and contextually. And I'm not going to go to the next record and go like, okay, well, check this. Well, okay, you, you can play with the song in a minute, but, but I got this idea, you know. Like the, like, um, like the Clear Mountain pause or something where it's like, <laughs> it does on every record, there's a pause, which yeah. now it's like, well, it's digital. So it's like anyone can do that. But yeah, yeah like, I, so I wanted to get into that because I think it's interesting that when you, when you talk about speaking and serving, uh, speaking to the song, serving to the song, Exactly. Using, using these different elements, these different instruments to accentuate things, whether it be conscious or subconscious. Uh, you know, it seems like it's a very, it's a process that is ever changing, ever growing. Uh, yeah. You know, when you first started working on other people's stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. did, did you approach it more gingerly or was it more like, you know, all right, let's just have some fun here? Like, what what was... How how did that mind? Because because for me it almost seems like like playful isn't the wrong word because implies a lack of seriousness and it's definitely serious, yeah. but there's wizardry there mm. and I find with the best producers engineers there usually is but everyone has their own path for how they get there. So how did it start well, off for you and like what, what what yeah what was the how did you find that line I mean, and that's come from I mean it's, yeah exactly I think I think well obviously I I had some experience recording myself and then natasha and i had a little setup in the 80s and then we were engineered and produced for quite a while you know we had uh we were just a band but then we started to realize that some of the potential of capturing what we actually meant uh, didn't need to be a trade-off didn't need to be a compromise if we could only do it on our own but back then you know you'd have to have a lot of money with if you didn't, you didn't have, have the technology to to do yeah it. or the tech yeah the, the affordable technology didn't exist yet what, what really saved us was when chris stayed with us uh in 96 and in, into 97 um he um we did sun shower we had like a little eight you're, you're talking about cornell right yeah. cornell yeah yeah yes yeah, sorry yeah, yeah chris cornell you know chris um yeah, Chris yeah. <laughs> Cornell. Um, so, so we did Sun Shower and Ave Maria, and then and then he he invited the president of A and M to hear our stuff, and then the uh, and then Al Cafaro loved the music and offered us a record deal, and the record deal was you know back then it was would have been a good good record deal like two hundred thousand dollars, and Natasha had this crazy idea to go into his office and asking for that money as a PO to a music store, so so he would trust us. You, we buy the studio with all this money, and then we deliver you the record as producers, engineers, and artists. You know, and for some crazy reason, he agreed to this. <laughs> a little unorthodox, but uh, you know, very smart as a turn. I mean, it had never it had never happened, and so that's how Eleven and D was born. And so we we you know I I went to this to the West LA Music and picked out all the gear, you know, some nice stuff, uh, Neumanns, Neves, you know, whatever. I didn't realize how much cables were going to be. Just cables was Cable, like 35. Oh but anyway, cables are the yeah. thing, man. That's that's what gets you. Cables, like good cables. Like, oh, you want good cables? Okay. Like, imagine like spending all this money on a Neumann and a Neve and then having just like shitty cables. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, that's um, like getting like so, a, a Porsche or something and then putting in like the lowest octane gas you can. It's like Exactly. Exactly. So I knew it had to happen. Anyway, setting up that recorded avant-garde dog. Then then Chris came over and we and we worked on the on the on the demos, uh, developing songs for you for a morning. Including writing some songs uh, with him, you know, um, 
And then when it came time to do the record that Daniel Lenoir was supposed to produce and, and Daniel Lenoir canceled all his projects, and Chris is like, what are we going to do? And then Natasha goes, we're going to make the record. We have the studio. We're here now. Let's start. Okay, boom. And that's how. So anyway, so that was the most intense recording. Uh, even Avant-Garde Dog was pretty intense because I had Natasha, like, you know, basically, like, she was, like, the queen. Like, no, this, this is not working. Right. Make it, you know, this this needs to be more like this. I mean, make it sound more like that. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just doing so that was really good for me to figure out that stuff and then, you know, and having more, more pro gear and then had Chris and, and Natasha, you know, doing just trying to, to find all these sonics. And we had like seven months that, that we took to do, make this record really gingerly and relaxed and chill. Cause you know, there was no budgetary concerns and nobody. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was, so, that was like 99. So that was, um, that was, um, that was post Soundgarden, but before he started, uh, playing with the Rage, Rage Against the Machine dudes, like he was right, kind of, exactly. a, he was probably in a pretty interesting place as an artist, just himself, I would imagine. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, well it was, yeah. 98 into 99. Uh, um, obviously we were, you know, the, 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 he was really interested in exploring, um, other aspects, you know, like, like the R and stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some proggy stuff, whatever. And so we could, because we had, you know, we had the three of us, and then we'd invite friends to come over, like you know, play drums, uh, you know, uh, bass, whatever. I played a lot of the bass right. and guitars. Dutch played all the keys. She did a lot of the arrangements. Um, you know, it, it was just a magical time. So anyway, so so then I got. Then what happens is like, no doubt, uh, wants me to engineer the record with Glenn Ballard uh, producing in a in a big studio, and it's a huge budget. Yeah, and I big, said big, no. Big band, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I, I was <laughs> I, I was scared shitless. Like I'm gonna okay. I, I've I've kind of recorded here at the house, but this is like we're talking like yeah. you know uh, a, big deal. a studio studio that's like three grand a day and like you know, whatever. Anyway, um, I said no like a bunch of times and uh, because I didn't feel <laughs> you just didn't, no no I, I didn't I didn't feel I could pull it off. I, I didn't want to like get in the way. I didn't want to be the person that who wasn't delivering what they needed. And then they kept and they kept saying no, but you got to do it. And then Tasha, come on, you got to just go. I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm gonna go try, and if 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 I think I'm not doing a good job, I'm gonna fire myself before you guys get a chance to fire me. <laughs> <laughs> and Glenn Bell is like, fair enough, you know. And then I get there, and then I realize, like, okay, okay. And I get the lay of the land, and I obviously always always ask help of the, the the people that live in that studio, the engineer and. And all this other stuff, and 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 uh, and you know, I realized that I had, I had this kind of like a, a different way of looking, a little slightly different way of looking at it, because I was really concerned with the source, you know, with with the, the sound of the amp and the guitar and the thing mm-hmm. at the source, you know, and then trying figuring out how to translate that. So you know, next thing you know, it's going really well, and then engineer that record, and then Natasha and I started producing and at the house and. Then you know, engineer some stuff for you know, Josh, uh, uh, Queens and Eleven toured together. Then we met, you know, we became friends. He asked me to uh, engineer a bunch of B sides at Sound City for for Radar R. Um, then, yeah, I was guessing then, you, you like you like mix some of those, right? If I remember correctly, and that and that because so yeah, is that yeah. where you guys knew each other before, but that's when sort of the working relationship. We really actually uh, became friends and met in the tour where we opened up for them in in two thousand. Um, you know, Radar R had just come out. Then after that, he asked us to be part of Desert Sessions, and then we were part of a bunch of stuff in Def. And then obviously, then then, it, then we were kind of inside the family, you know. Can Can you actually? Um, but I, I, before we move on, can you can you kind of speak a little bit to the Desert Sessions uh, because they're yes 
as you might imagine, <laughs> it's a big it's a big deal on this show. Uh, and oh. just like you know, if nothing else, just like mindset and approach and the idea yeah. behind it. Uh, not the least of which is that uh, it's, just a, you know, it's a special and unique thing. So, can you give me your take on 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 being invited to that? What you thought it was going to be? What it was? Uh, you, well, yeah, it, it was pretty funny because because that I met I mean, there at that dinner sessions. I met Mark Lanigan and began a long uh, collaboration and friendship with him. And P.J. Harvey and the next one became a, a you know huge friendship with Natasha and I and her. Well, what happened is basically Josh you know you know told me about this idea, this 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 thing that he'd been doing, and and he'd done a bunch of them already. And it's his house in the desert, and we go there for a few days, and we 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 together we we just write and record a record in three four days, five days, whatever it is, you know. And to me, it sounded like heaven. And and I remember Natasha saying, "Oh God, there's a desert." It's like you know, I have a thing about the desert. She had a little bit of a desert phobia, so she didn't she didn't come out. Like because um, of creatures or for the the weather? I, I'm not really sure. Maybe, maybe maybe some kind of like a like a thing, like like you know, forest, beaches, mountains, but desert for her. Not having a lot of experience, it kind of was this mysterious, like desolate, lonely. Uh, dangerous place. Anyway, but that didn't last very long because what happened is like I get there and and after you know the first the first night we're already doing all this amazing stuff and then I literally I said to Josh I'll be back and I drove back to LA and mm-hmm. I threw her in the car her up. and it's, <laughs> I said you don't understand this is magic you yeah. gotta come want to be a part now yeah 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 just don't worry about it it's gonna be awesome and obviously then she's in there she's in the nada and 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 up in hell singing co-lead vocals with Goss, and you know it's so beautiful and magical um uh fred drake was there and i and i knew him from way before when when he was in code blue and we used to rehearse what is this used to rehearse at his spot off of santa monica near vine i think it was you know with dean chamberlain and everything with code blue and so i knew fred from there and 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 it was amazing because uh, writing like uh, uh, making a cross and and uh, hanging tree, you know, as he's making me breakfast on the little uh, couch right before. I mean, at least the, the 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 framework of it, you know. Obviously, we we all did it together, including me conducting Mark Lanigan in five, which he kept cracking up. It's like we gotta concentrate, dude. It's like a yeah. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> anyway, it was it, it so 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 then it's just this magical thing, and then you know nine and ten. And, uh, it, you know, it's just, uh, it, 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 I remember the ones with, with Dean Ween and, and, and Twiggy, Jordy, uh, Jordy White, um, you know, Polly's there, Goss is there, you know, Joey's there, Freeze, you know, um, I mean, catching always, you know, uh, uh, Brandon McNichol in the first and in in seven and eight. And so, so you have this, uh, there's so many things happening at the same time, like, like, yeah. like there's, there's things being, obviously one thing is, one thing is being recorded and another uh, ger- uh, idea is forming and then it just happens. And like you, I mean, like in making it across, like, like I, I sing the first first in the high re- uh, register and the second in the low register. Right. This is, this is not, this is not a plan. This is uh, until Josh goes, no, you only get one take. I was tr- I was. I thought I, I, you thought you were going to be able to do a couple more tracks on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I'm going to do one pass and I'm going to see which register is. Yeah. See is, which is one I like. And I, which is that you usually you know start with a low and then you yeah. build to the high. Yeah. But you know no. In this case it goes the other. Way. And so I was just like, oh man, so mad. because obviously then it, it made the space for for them to sing the BBs, you know, and everybody. 
um, you know, counter bench breaks. I mean, the amount of laughs, the amount of stuff, and it's so charged, like people sleeping in, in little bits here and there. And, and it's just like the energy. And then the main thing is that, that, that it was a, not only at Josh's request, uh, but also the conceptual setup to it is that, you know, this is where you leave all your complications and hangups uh, at the door. You know, you have to trust. And, and, and I think people are, are, uh, get to jump over over that wall that they might not have been able to in their own music where they might have to have a process a little more involved you know obviously still creating incredible music but 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 this requires for this to be pulled off it, it requires especially so many i'm not going to say egos but we can say egos or, or or people that are used to doing things for themselves a certain way and so now everybody has to come together and leave that leave that and just trust that it's going to work out and so I think just by osmosis and an and empathic feeling in, in the room that everyone's in the same boat, you know? Everyone's and on the same equal footing. They don't really know quite exactly. what the hell's going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and, and because, and because it, it, you know, it, it's just, just you know, you, you, you know what uh, uh, Rancho and Joshua Tree is like. There's a certain still, powerful stillness there. There's like a, a magical feeling because uh, you're so far away from any kind of yeah. uh, interference from the city, light pollution, um, anything, et cetera, et cetera. Anything. <laughs> Culturally, like there's no distractions yeah. at all. It's not like, hey, let's go to yeah. this bar. So-and-so's playing. It's like, yeah, no, not really. I mean, you know, it's like, it's yeah, exactly. So um, it's it, 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 it's a very special thing. And, and I'm very happy I got to be part of two of them. You know, it's, it's yeah. there was something I think I, I, I can't remember if it was a quote you had or, or it was Josh, but. Uh, I inadvertently stole it where it was like, yeah, everything there is like, think of everything the way a studio should be. And this is exactly the opposite. Like every part of it is wrong. It's wrong, but it's amazing, but it's wrong. It's not correct. And you know, if you look at how to set up your studio and tape op or whatever, this is, you don't do it this way. This is not correct. Well, you know, it's so funny that. because it, it, yeah, yeah, me too. It, it kind of reminded me of, of, of like uh, 11 AD too. Cause it had that kind of thing, you know, we did Eagles of death metal, uh, Peace, Love, and Death Metal, the first record, and part of the second. Um, you know, it's just kind of like a, a musician-friendly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, the tile room at 11 AD, is, is, that's the drum sound for Peace, Love, and Death Metal, my little Gretsch kit and stuff, you know? Which, which yeah, um, and it's funny because it's, it, you know, it sound, it's, it's a specific sound, but it sounds huge. Like, it sounds like kick-ass rock and roll drums is what it sounds like, which yeah, is what exactly, you want in a exactly. record like that. Yeah, you know, and, and he's it playing was, on Jesse's playing on some like you know tiny little cracker box amp, and you know, like, yeah, <laughs> in stereo with 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 the DI outputs going into the the signal as well, it's like a crazy fuzz, you know, all 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 that uh, it's it's just magical, and I think it's um um that's something that that now has 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 continued into people's uh, home setups. Um, obviously, technology's gotten to the point where it's pretty high quality. If you have good ears and good taste, you can get some incredible recordings with just a little, you know, interface and, and a MacBook and some good speakers and, and headphones and, and, you know, even even good microphones are, are you know, are, are affordable. And so that, that that's, a, that's a great thing. So, so you know, though, I, you know, obviously, like I, I, when I produced that combo, we recorded at this uh, studio called Namush in Lisbon that is just magical. And and uh, Auditorium Novecento in in um, in Naples that's been around since 1917 where they were like wow. early record selling ele- early selling 
early cylinder recordings, you know, and these rooms are magical. They look they look like those Capitol or Abbey yeah, Road. You and your newfangled yeah. tape reels, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like and we, and we, man. <laughs> and we and we use tape just now with this cool band, the Devils, this cool punk band duo, um, and we use a tape machine. You know, it's just it's it was it was pretty amazing. Well, okay, so then and. And thank you so much for speaking to that, because I think it's something where, like, the, the mindset of the desert sessions, I think, is something that uh, is as important as the location. And it's something where you need an environment yeah, exactly. people you trust, or that you have yeah. to trust, I guess, uh, <laughs> to get that. So, <laughs> yeah. what, was that the, um, was did you, was that when you met Paula Jean? Was, was, uh, was then, or was it, had you yeah. known her before? During 9 and 10, during 9 and 10, I think, uh, so this would be two thousand what three four or which, something like that. Which she's pretty good, you know. She's all right. Yeah. Oh my God, I've been a, a huge fan. But you know what's funny? I have Amazing. this thing about, about yeah about about like hearing artists and then knowing that I'm going to meet them someday. It might take a decade or two, but but eventually we become friends. I, I just, it's never failed me that feeling. Yeah, and then, uh, we drove out there, Josh, Paulie, and I, and then obviously, like you know, that that was an incredible set. And then she moved out to LA. And we'd hang out all the time with, with Natasha and stuff. And, um, then you know, it was part of Hope Six and everything. You know, it's just it's it's a yeah, beautiful that, thing. So that's with, that, that's and that's a record. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's a record that I would. No, I, I'd like to know. It's an interesting record, real cool record. Uh, yeah, we had we had amazing fun. Out, you know, you know a little bit the history of it, right? I, I how, do. How, yeah. how it was recorded. Can, yeah. can you can you? I know all about it, Alan. But if you could tell the listeners, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, Paulie called me and asked me if, I, you know, said, of course, I'd love to be a part of this, and 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 so I get there, and they've, they've, you know, we're rehearsing in in, in Bristol and stuff, and, and I got there late because I had some issues with my neck, and uh, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to be a part of it, you know. Um, Which is crazy in and of itself because it ended up being like such a wild yeah. adventure, right? So. Yeah, or, or maybe I'm trying. I'm remember, uh, forgetting now whether that was going to be the tour or the recording. But either way, we in London, uh, Somerset House is kind of this beautiful uh, uh, art place, and um, flood. You know, they had this idea of building this rectangular uh, space in the basement, um, uh, in the, I mean, in the in the lower floor, and basically just setting up everybody in a rectangular circle, as it were. <laughs> you know, with uh, recording here, yeah. <laughs> in, in 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 the in the rectangle round, and and having and having a, an audience come several times a day, we couldn't see them, but we were all mic'd up. So what, what we would say was heard by them, and then we would be making this record, you know, and and everybody was jumping around different instruments, and sometimes we do different versions of the same song in in, in circles. I got to meet and become you know best friends for life with Mick Hardy. And and ah. uh, uh, John Parrish and 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 you know uh, James Johnston and Terry Edwards and Ken Regrow and and, and Rico Gabrielli and and Sean Marcotti and Alessandro Stefano and Mike Smith and and you know it's just like it floods there and and we're having just the most amazing time and it was so so beautifully intense. Do you ever think um, about the fact that you're basically in an art installation? Like, does that ever? Co- I mean, I guess you don't see them, so it's not like that's. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because we had to clean up a little bit, so all the, the Coca-Cola and water bottles were, were kind of out of sight. <laughs> right, right, right. Get, get that trash out of here, yeah. And then, and then it was such a such a, such a luck, luck of the draw because people would come down and watch for like 45 minutes or an hour, and sometimes they'd come down and we were hot in the middle of a take and right, probably right. singing, 
And other times, like, we're all sitting there, like, having a sandwich and, like, you know, and, and Paulie's writing in the notebook. <laughs> right, right. And, 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 and as I say, fuck all happens for, for, for an hour. So you never know what was going to happen. But, but it, was, it, it, it added this interesting tension, uh, which is um, adding the feeling of a performance with a, with a recording, uh, a live recording. You know, sometimes when 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 you when you go out and play a live show and they tell you, "Oh, this is being live streamed all over the universe," you know, it's like, it gives us extra edge. No pressure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. But yeah, I mean, there, but there's some super interesting tunes on there. I say that as someone that you know, I'm a huge fan of. Well, I like all of Polly's work, but okay. you know, I really, really, I, being a rocker, have identified you know most with like the early stuff, like the you know, rid of me and like yeah. you know, yeah, and, yeah. and that and that era with the band and whatnot. But it, it's it's interesting that I mean that record almost has like a little bit of everything, and it's something where it's, yeah. it just it has that extemporaneous feel, if not uh, that's how it's executed, kind of in the same way that like the Desert Chestnut does, but like a different way. And it kind of seems like yeah. it just was a cool environment to like create something neat. And then when I found out, it was yeah. like, oh, there was an audience for this. I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. sound like there was an audience for this <laughs> in a good way. Well, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you got to see that the tour live, but it was an incredible experience because it, it was the most fragile, loud band in the world. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, it feels like it could fall apart at any minute, right? But in a good exactly. way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like two. It's like two. Like Jean Marc and, and 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 Kendrick are behind these kits, but they're not drums. You know, like there's no kick drum pedal, so massive drums. Everything's played by hand. You know, people are playing flutes and. And I got a cigar box guitar, and sometimes I just hold a shaker, and then there's a mellotron, and and Polly's playing sax, and there's a huge, you know, thing, <clears throat> and and John, you know, switching instruments, and I got my jazz master, and and we, you know, we're we're kind of walking up on stage, like you know, mic'd up, and then there's just a cappella sections, and you know, that was so magical because we were playing these festivals, and and there's a power to it that that the fragility brought, and and this this kind of theatrical. Uh, feeling to it <clears throat> yeah you're not on because... stage like thinking of your laundry or anything <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no like it's like you're and the you're, amount... <laughs> you're you're white knuckling it even as much as like you yeah. are all very accomplished musicians nobody has any freaking idea more than anyone else does uh, oh my god the the the, the, the just the feeling of it that the, the, there was like weird and then this feeling of having like a, sh- a shamanic presence on on uh i that's the, by the way, before I continue, is it shaman or shaman? I always say shaman because it sounds more correct. People say shaman. I've always said shaman, uh, but that could be that could That's be a I primer primer situation too. But I, I've you know. heard people say shaman, you know, because like it's a shaman. Shaman. Um, shaman seems yeah, like a anyway. dude's name, like you know. Oh yeah, Mark yeah, exactly. Shaman. He does great work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so so either way, so Paul, Alan, either way, I'm gonna get emails about it, so we'll find out soon. Uh, yeah. Well, no, well, no. I mean, I, I guess it's it's, it's just uh, it's not semantics, but whatever, whatever you feel like. But shaman seems right. Like shaman. Sh- shaman it... sounds more shamanic. Shamanic, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not shamanic, so it has to be shaman. Shamanic okay, sounds like never mind. Uh, I get a little chills with but that, that. Sorry about that. 90, 90 second waste of time on my part. No, no, no. Um, it's fine. People love pedantism. So... Go ahead. <laughs> so, so you know, Polly getting on stage and, and becoming Polly on stage in, 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 in that, in that show, it was like so intense to like feel her energy. And Huge I mean, presence. I swear to God, I mean, she's, she's just like, Oh my God. And, and, and if I tell you that there was about seven times where it was pissing thunderstorm rain. And then the second she walked on stage, it stopped. <laughs> we played the set 
<laughs> we walked up. She walks off stage, and the clouds close back in, and storm comes back. Rad. I mean, this happened like seven times. I'm not fucking kidding. It's like you know, after after two times, you're just like something's going on, and after seven, you pretty much have to admit that there's some kind of magical shamanic situation happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's wild, anyway. Yeah, man. that's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, she's. You know, if you tell me there's anyone that could pull that off, be like, oh yeah, PJ Harvey, sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a, there's a there's a short list of people like you know Nick Cave, yeah. PJ Harvey, Tom Waits, maybe. Yeah. But it's yeah, like, exactly. yeah, okay, you have control over weather, sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and and then to add to that, all those incredible people that 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 are so uh, 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 huge in their own right in terms of like you know the history of music and. Mick Harvey, of course, and John Paris. Yeah, I mean, like, Birthday Party is one of my favorite bands of all time, to say nothing yeah, of uh, yeah. Bad Seeds. But, uh, like, I, th- I feel like it's in the same way, it's this abandonment of ego for this greater whole. And uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. and those bus rides, those all-night bus rides where we're just sitting there talking, like, all hours and having a bit of whiskey and whatever, you know, and, and like, just having fun in between. It, it was just, like, such a dream, you know. It's such a dream and, and such an incredible camaraderie and we all kind of rallied around Polly. We looked like, you know, uh, her band of, of, of men, you know, uh, uh, just just incredible, you know. And I don't know. It's just like I'll, I'll always carry that, that that memory, you know. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful album and tour. I'll never forget it. You've done a lot of stuff with Lanigan. And I, what I realized, and also we, we talked about a little bit when I had Mark on, but we don't talk about the gutter twins that much. The gutter twins don't get discussed that much. And I think that's an interesting, first of all, it's an interesting pairing. And I love the whole story Yeah. of how they became friends, uh, which he was good enough to tell in the show, which is basically that he thought he, Mark thought that, that uh, Dooley was insulting him. <laughs> I asked him like how he was doing or something along those lines. And he was mad at him for like 10 years. And then they became best friends afterwards, which is <laughs> solidly indicative of both dudes. Uh, yeah, can you speak a little bit to uh, re- recording those dudes? I mean, those are those are those are powerful personalities, also with their yeah, own ways I mean, of doing things. I, there are different ways of doing uh, things too. Yeah, I mean, I've worked I've worked with 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 Greg in the context of him coming over and guesting on Mark's records. I, you know, the Gutter Twins record, I didn't uh, uh, participate in, except they did a cover of uh, of an Eleven song. You know, Flow Like a River. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I'm so, yeah, I'm sorry, my timeline on that is all screwed up. That's you know, no, 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 it's fine. No, no, it's fine. But, 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 no, no, but, 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 but listen, I, I can this certainly attest to, to, to Greg. I mean, Greg and I, you know, really, really close, and and uh, I got to tour with him and uh, uh, and Steve Kilby from the Church, um, you know, backing them up on acoustic sure. guitar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a, a really fun tour. No, I mean, with Mark, with Mark, uh, um, you know, we the first thing we did together was was Hanging Tree, and then we did a cover of a King song, which I think. Um, it was uh, we did a, a hillbilly version of uh, Nothing in This World for a compilation where I played cigar box guitar and harmonium and um, and it was the first time we'd kind of worked together just him and I and it happened so quick like three hours so that kind of like uh, I guess it was in the back of his mind that we we could have this kind of shorthand you know for the future so then during Bubblegum I, I, I collaborated with him on four songs where I played all the instruments like Head Morning Glory Wine. The, uh, driving Great the Belly Blues. Yeah, yeah, it's a good Thank record. Thank you. And, and 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 you know, and then after that, starting with Blues Funeral, it just we started this collaboration. And I think Mark looks at me almost like um, 
like a collaborator and I mean a producer not only you know we have this kind of thing and he's he's actually said Eno Bowie but you know obviously like you know I'm more humble but second like, uh, those are those are some gods right there you know but uh, but but I think what, who, what who happens would be the is Visconti that, uh, in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Which former guest of the show? Um, I, I wasn't even trying to make that reference. I just thought about that. Okay. Oh, I love this guy. I love Scary Monsters. One of my favorite albums of all time. Good, and, good. Yeah, that was huge for me. Good dude, and I was yeah. like over the moon to talk to him, as you might imagine. But anyway, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, so you're I'm gonna Eno. have to listen to that. You're the Eno to the yeah. Movie. I'm the Eno. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good I mean, question to know, be, by the way. This. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. I mean, obviously, it's it, that's very sweet and all, but uh, you know. But I think what happens is that I have this. Um, I have this kind of like. Uh, the same, the same uh, kind of thing that I that I apply to myself and that I learned from and being with Natasha and stuff. It's like just just getting out of the way of the song. And I think Mark trusts me with that. He trusts me that that he's going to come in because he's you know, kind of impatient with being in the studio. So if he arrives at ten, he wants to get out of the way at one. So we have to have the song done. So he has to show me the song, and then I have to kind of record and arrange a bed uh, of the beginnings of the song enough for him to feel happy about singing over um, and then do some more dubs and then we might have some guests on it and, and stuff. So that all kind of started this, this, this process. So he kind of plays me like an instrument almost like he'll, I, I learned to read his, 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 uh, his, his expressions and, 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 and like the, he doesn't even have to say anything. I can just feel his mood. Like if he's disappointed that I'm not getting at something, finding something fast enough or not the right thing, you know, then I, I literally just want to like you know try to find it and um, and sometimes using very specific instructions or kind of abstracted instructions that I'm supposed to kind of guess. You know that one song? There's a sound that kind of goes. Your you know, version of like, like, strategies is what that is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the one, and the so, one that play the one that goes. Zzz. <laughs> zzz, you know, and well, actually, then, it, like, would, it would just be zzz, I think. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I go zzz. zzz. It's like no, no, no. I didn't zzz. I mean more like zzz, zzz. And and then I'm like, okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You know, and you'll say things like, I got, I, I have another friend that hears funny just like you. Um, so. <laughs> And then, and then you know, th- years pass, and we keep working on all these records together, and and uh, it's it's just become a beautiful thing. The the, the shorthand of it, you know. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of incredibly talented people that that join in the process, and and um, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Actually, it, it it's intense because obviously, like you know, I want him to be happy, and and he can be right. a little grumpy sometimes. You know, he's got that big gunfighter energy. You don't want to, you know, you want to get on his bad side, but you can yeah. shaman him in a little bit. <laughs> yeah you know it's like it's like he'll be like no 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 bro no no i'm like oh god that's such a harsh no because he's just saying no it's not a big deal but it's just like i'm so failing right at, at this moment you know so so you know so I, he, he kind of like because of that i think i've learned so much about trying to be connected at all times like mm. what is wrong what does it need what does he want? How can I be of assistance here? You know, I'm not trying to, to, to manifest myself in any way through this recording other than to be assistive to whatever needs to happen, you know? And, uh, you know, it's in some records uh, that I've worked on, it literally is just like creating an unsafe environment and recording it well and, and having the odd idea when, when it's required. And then some records is much more hands-on and actually getting in there and stuff, but it, it's also different. So there's no two that are in any way similar. Yeah, and that's that's a really good point because it's something where, you know, I think people have ideas of 
like how records are made, right? That it's like you know, yeah. And and some of them come from like you know movies and things where it's like no, that's not. It's it's not nearly so glamorous. Yeah. But sometimes it comes easy. Sometimes it's a yeah. little bit more work. And yeah, yeah. You never know. I mean, whatever whatever it takes. It's like it's like it's 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 if you're, you know. Especially if you're out searching for something that you don't quite know what it is, you just know when you hear it, and 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 you're going out into into something, and then just the, the idea of stretching, you know, some some environments require tension, you know. Mm. I mean, I'm not a person that brings tension; that's not my natural state, but but I can handle tension. Right. It's it's not my fa- my favorite place in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you can deal but with it. you're not going to like but, but, another but I can do it yeah. because I don't take it personal it's nothing to do with me it's like if there's tension in the room it's just because we haven't gotten there yet so we just got to keep pushing you know sometimes it's good to know when when you when you're you know pushing too much in the wrong direction and, and time to take a break from it and time to not take a break from it and keep pushing and pushing because this eureka aha moment is going to appear at some point um and then, you know, it, it's going to create something that's really special that might not have happened if you just kind of gave up or or were uncomfortable about making other people uncomfortable. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, so so talk to me about, yeah, like like your Mark Lanigans versus like your P.J. Harvey's versus, you know, sure, let's throw Josh in there. Like these huge personalities in their own way that have their own mm-hmm. presence and their own way of doing things. Like you know, navigating around that, like how do you how's 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 the best way? What's the best way to break the ice with that kind of thing to get what you need? And can you speak a little bit to the psychological aspects of that? Because I think that's something that's rarely discussed. Yeah, it's true. The psychological aspect. I mean, I think I think uh, well, in terms of the three you mentioned, the, the, we're talking about connections that are come from a feeling of friendship and family. You know, and obviously now is the time where you know this this album's being made. So. So I'm, um, um, you know, depending on, on, on who it is, there might be a, a direct uh, request or command or an environment is set up in which something you need to be in tune with what everyone's trying to achieve together, you know. And I think one of the hardest things uh, uh, I would imagine, but, but that, 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 that is to get insecurities in your own mind out of the way, you know. To the point, I mean, not out of the way completely, because you need a little bit of, of, of the tension, and you want to be assistive to this to this thing that's happening, but not to the point where you neutralize your own talent or your own ability to resonate with what's happening. You know, um, everyone is different, and everyone requires different things of others if you're in the room with them and they're the leader of, of the situation. You know, um, and so I think. Having an empathy that comes from being an artist yourself, mm. and and having history history of being recorded, like why what when did I feel uncomfortable? When when like a wrong time comment, you know, can really throw a spanner in the works. Like somebody saying something, somebody comes into you know inviting people over, come me over here, and somebody sits down on the couch and says something really like, <laughs> I don't like this part, or this bridge sucks, or whatever they yeah, say. Yeah, throws or, a Molotov cocktail in the room. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's or, like oh, thanks a lot. Say, Oh, <laughs> uh, this reminds me of like uh, Peruvian acid rock or whatever. Though I love Peruvian acid rock. Anyway, um, you know, so it really is. Uh, uh, it goes back to the same thing. It's like you know, we're all in this together. It's a it's a family feeling. It's it, it's a team unit, right. and 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 everybody needs to kind of like you know, 
sense when when because you don't want to talk about everything okay you have to do this and you do that it's kind of inferred implied and you have to kind of sense when the, the dynamic changes sometimes somebody's you know is leading and sometimes they get lost so instead of making them feel uncomfortable that and you're just passive now waiting for them and they feel like oh shit i'm wasting our time you kind of rise forward somebody has to be now uh not the leader so much as in like the flow has to keep going that's that's the main thing there's a song that wants to be created and this recording of the song that needs to be created. And so we need to keep it going. And sometimes it's, it, it can be like, you know what? It's like, it's okay to pack it in for the day. It's okay to yeah, walk. Yeah. Know, know, when it's, know when it's time yeah, to go. Yeah, go to the movies. Take the L as we you said know, earlier with the skating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously in, in some drug situations, uh, you know, stopping is not an option. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so it's, it's almost like, you know, you got to be one part coach, one part parent, one part marriage counselor, right? To, yeah. to get through like some, some things and some things it's like, oh, this is easy. This is just, we're all doing yeah. a cool thing and making something neat here. Well, I mean, I, I think the inner dialogue that, that is, that becomes the outer dialogue in, in the sense that, uh, uh, you know, when, when you take care, you know, you, you, you have your own inner dialogue that is destructive or negative. And you get used to kind of like, you know, observing it uh, instead of, you know, after you suffer enough years of giving into your own inner, in a dialogue that is destructive to you and just accept it for what it is and that it's an ongoing thing. And then you don't give it enough like like, like power uh, to react to it. And, and you kind of like, you know, are empathic to it. And, and, and I think that that's just like, you know, it, it just becomes like the experience of having been on the other side of it and having been in a room full of producers and engineers. I mean, engineers in, in, in my life have always been awesome. Some producers have been less than awesome. Um, talking about <laughs> earlier days. Right, right, Because right. They, they, they were just bulldozing through something and really did not care what we had to say about it because they, they're the ones that got paid $150,000, uh, $200,000, and therefore they know what the hell is up. The, the truth is that they don't want to admit they don't know what the hell is up, and they don't ask you for yeah. for for your help in helping them help you make the record that you want to make. Well, it's just and like just, Walmart <laughs> is the best department store because it's the biggest, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it's, you know. I, I think what you're talking about Harkening back to our, our, our quantum mechanics talk, it's like the Heisenberg uh, uncertainty principle, right? The act of observation yeah. uh, can yeah. change something. Can change, yeah. And, you know, it's something where I, I think about the fact that, and, and harkening back to, harkening back. Uh, I you, love it. You're <laughs> harkening. Let's harken back. Hark, hark, harken, T. Uh, Just using the word hark, suddenly you wake up in 1867. <laughs> oh my God, it's a time machine and a word. For a show that's so needlessly loquacious, I sure pull some weird aphorisms out of my ass. Loquacious, I love it. Oh my God. Uh, okay. Talking about serving the song, right? Serving the song. Yeah. Uh, you know, the sound, whether you know whether it's something where it's it's a conscious or subconscious thing, serves a purpose. It does the thing that it's meant to do. It's not one size fits all, and I think that's one thing that that again, and and I talk about earlier that when you first came to my attention i was like oh let me listen back to like all the rest of this dude's stuff because i i am familiar with you because of the lullabies is the first one I, yeah. uh, that i heard and then i was like oh wait he's mm. on this other he did this other queens of stone age he did, and i kind of went backwards and listened to all of it a lot of times heavy music i'm going to use yeah. quotes here for the listeners yeah. heavy music doesn't really uh, lend itself very well to using 
you know, Baroque instrumentation. Like there tends to be like a almost like caveman style approach to it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, not at all with the stuff that you've done. I think, not that I'm saying you're a champion of the Baroque necessarily, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it still seems like it's you're serving the song, right? And yeah. when you're when you're working with Josh and company, with a, with a band like Queens of the Stone Age, and like you hear like, okay, cool, heavy riff, awesome, awesome, awesome. Like, at what point do you do like, oh, you know what, this needs this thing. And they're like, what the hell is that thing? I mean, like, what, yeah. <laughs> what does that conversation look like? Because it seems like it's yeah. very open and welcome. Uh, and, and it seems like an incredible partnership from an outside perspective. They're like, like again, symbiosis, right? Yeah. And like you can just tell it's just like, oh, this is like it made certain certain parts of that band's catalog made sense to me after I understand who you were and where you came from. Yeah. Uh, but not in like a way that's like, hey, look at me. I'm doing the thing. You know, it's the Clear Mountain Pause. Second Clear Mountain Pause mention <laughs> in this episode, by the way. And I think that that's yeah. a, where I'm going with all that is quote unquote heavy music, heavy rock, whatever you want to call it doesn't tend to be that adventurous so well i mean it's, it doesn't it doesn't have to not be i mean at some point the baroque elements were, were the heavy music at the time you know um ah, that's cool i like that and 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 the thing is that that it's also about contrast and textures like how do you know how heavy a sound is or can be unless you have a, a fragile sound next to it you know like in some someone in the wolf, I brought my marxophone, you know. You know, this twins little tiny little twins wouldn't be a funny movie if Arnold Schwarzenegger was six foot one. You know, like it's exactly. <laughs> sorry, that that's yeah. a terrible analogy. I interrupted you for a terrible analogy. No, 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 right? but no 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 but but it totally makes sense. It's like it's about contrast and, and textures. And Josh has always been a, 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 a adventurous and a searcher, and he requested me to bring certain, or he trusted me to bring other things that, you know, like uh, like I'm always collecting, and you know, got so many hundreds and hundreds of instruments, and 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 you know, not everything I bring is going to work, uh, you know, but 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 I kind of uh, bring a short list of things that I can imagine working, and depending on 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 what it is but i mean like like uh, um to be able to have those textures that 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 give it this this uh, timelessness too because you if you're talking yeah if you're talking about talking about having uh, an arrangement that involves instruments that, whose creation spans uh 500 years i mean how cool is that you know um it does give it this sort of know. like longer longer view of history approach um, yeah that's I don't know. It's yeah. cool. Like it, it makes sense when you, if you think about it, but you don't have to think about it because you just hear it and it sounds yeah. good, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, it's it's like you know, there's like theremin uh, um, on on the uh, uh, on death, you know, mm-hmm. which I just bought uh, the day before, and he asked me to bring it, and I I, I had no idea how to play it, and. <laughs> But 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 he asked me to play it, so I just had had the had like uh, um, the assistant uh, engineer make a fretboard on the opposite wall with tape that I could just point my finger at. All the notes were there, like a, you know, two octave fretboard, and then and I just found oh, my man. my position. That's, so that's awesome. Like, that, that reminds you know, me like of, a, of of of, of, of Fripp 
like doing the feedback from the different taped locations on the ground, like just like, yeah. <laughs> like flat out utilitarianism yeah, 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 yeah. making records. That's awesome. I mean, just have to like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking be there for this you know recording for this fucking iconic record. Bring a theremin and then just fail and be like, oh, I mean, obviously I have Everyone's no right to do it. Nice I, going, Clara Rockmore. I, yeah. I mean, exactly, because because you know Clara is a genius, and 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 there's so many people that 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 play the thing beautifully, and I happen to just love it, and I just happen to get one. And he happened to ask me to, to to bring it, and so and so whatever, it made it work. Um, sounds great. I mean, you can't argue with the yeah. results. Like it sounds badass. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's in tune. At least you don't have the frets in front of me. There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but 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 it seems like it seems like that band w- within its framework allows for that degree of you know, trying cool stuff and, and trying different things and, 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 Oh, absolutely. Not only allows, but kind of demands, you know, that, 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 that's the thing, you know, it, it's, and it's beautiful to be around, you know, Troy and, and, you know, everybody in the band throughout the years, Nick, I mean, I've worked with Nick on so many other projects besides Queens too. And, you know, it's just like this beautiful family, extended family. It's a feeling that I get more than anything is uh, very fortunate to be in a place, a time and place where, I just kept developing um, these these relationships and, and friendships that Josh and I did, and, and um, at the right time, you know, because we met Josh like on, on the airport briefly uh, when 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 the Chris Cornell Four Morning Tour and Screaming Trees were there, and and, and Hutch was there, and, and and we were both in line, you know, to get to board a flight, and then he saw us at Matt Cameron's wedding when Natasha and I performed Ave Maria, and um, and then he, he kind of like you know. The first time we met when we opened up for them, there was this connection. And then we spent almost every night hanging out for years after that, you know. And it became this 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 connection. I think when, when the friendship is there and this this mutual respect, the the, the, the cross-pollination of, of, of inspiration, you know, which happened like 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 eleven changed uh, after Soundgarden and eleven changed after Queens and 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 in a way, maybe both both did a little bit, you know, or at least Chris did, you know. Um, pollinating change. I mean, it's... yeah, yeah, it's because you know you can't work in a vacuum. It's it, it, it's a it's it's a music of the time, and this is there was this beautiful connection in the early '90s that happened, uh, um, and it happened, you know, a couple times in our lives, and 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 continues, um, you know. Now that I'm working with a lot of uh, the newer kids uh, the younger generation the younger kids it's just beautiful too because I'm, I'm almost like you know suddenly i become like an elder like oh you were there for this and we love that and, you know <laughs> yeah and they look at it like the rolling stones or something where it's like oh yeah. okay yeah that's that was a long time which ago. is strange because in, in my mind i'm still like a 17 year old like you know that, that can't wait for another another album another uh uh, jam another uh, instrument that I can try to get my hands on. You know, it's 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 just still going. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, but but I think I think that connection comes from, um, you know, like I said, like I think great things can happen when there's when there's a personal uh, um, resonance, like a friendship, like a thing. Everybody working together. So there's two two things I want to go with with there. Um, first of which is, is kind of might seem a little weird. But okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna throw Sorry. it to you. I'm gonna throw it to you, which is the fact mm-hmm. that I've lately been thinking a lot about about friendship and about connection, and I kind of feel like a lot of times some of the people that I've I've either you know worked closely with, become the closest friends with, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of knew 
from like the first meeting of them that's like, oh, yeah, there's something special here. And I don't, I can't quantify it. I can't, I can't put it down. But have, is that something no. that you think you felt where there's this like immediately like locked in? Yeah, it's, it, it actually happens like immediately you, uh, and, and, and you don't feel it consciously. Um, you almost don't, you know, you, you call it a magical thing or whatever, but, but there's like, I think it's part of the natural world. Like when, 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 uh, when animals and it just, just, you have to know before having more information, you just have to sense something. I don't know if it's like, uh, stuff floating through the air, micro, micro theremonal, whatever the hell it is, things that, that happen. <laughs> so some early part of our brain that, that senses something, but you, you felt, you feel a connection. Some taxonomic, uh, certification, yeah. <laughs> classification. Cert- and, and then, and, and then you have to kind of go through the motions of becoming a friend and telling each other's life stories or, or, or like, you know, but, uh, or maybe like, like the personalities might seem a little bit clashing, but, but, but it doesn't matter as opposed to other people, which would seem to be friendly, but you don't like them straight away. For some reason, yeah. something rubs you the wrong way. It doesn't make any sense because there's no, there's no precedent for it. There's no reason. Just a person standing there from across the room. And I'm like, oh no, that, 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 I don't like that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, the, the other, the opposite is definitely true also, but it's, uh, you know, like, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think I think there's something mysterious about that. There's 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 some kind of uh, I don't know if it's subliminal body language. Side. I don't think so because people can just be standing there, but you sense something. It's almost um, like when you talk about the record, like thinking about it already being done, and you just had to, you know, span the yeah. time to get there. It's it's like the same sort of situation. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I mean, it's been my experience that. And I've also, actually like, been thinking about this a lot. So I'm I'm su- I'm super yeah. stoked that you're not, you know. Well, I don't know I, I, about this. Have you have you ever read uh, Rupert Sheldrake's uh, The Sense of Being Stared at or or any of his uh, you know he's kind of like the, the he, a lot of scientists called him a pseudoscientist and a quack but but he took the Carl Jung's collective unconscious a little bit further into the physical world like the storehouse of information really that all this okay. yeah that all the species uh, uh, experiences uh, deposit more in, in, into this library that is accessible. Uh, uh, non-locally, you know, beyond space time, it's it's pretty lofty. But it sounds but, you know, this... parapsychological. But like you know, <laughs> yeah. sounds like it'd be it's... interesting as a literary work at least, even if you don't look at it. No, like no, no, it's it's, it, it's great. It's great stuff because you know it's uh, uh, you know I I suddenly have evidenced uh, myself uh, some of this uh, you know what he postulates. But yeah, I mean, I I think this this is like a like a feeling. You just get this feeling, you know, and 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 it, it connects. And it's never been wrong, and and even like like some short moments where you've had like a like a positive experience with somebody in a, in a creative context, and then you kind of almost sense that this is going to be the, the only time and the last time or whatever. For some mm. reason, just just yeah. sense it, you know. Like this is going to be know. a single serving experience or something. Yeah, <laughs> <A> single serving. <laughs> Dude, are you a single server? Are you a single server? I I, I got five more minutes, bro. It's like it's all good. Hey, let me tell uh, you, when, when you host a show like this, you get get very keenly aware of who's yeah. a single serving guest. Can, can you imagine? Nice to meet you. Have a good life. All in the same breath. Well, uh, so anyway. now, now the other thing is going to seem like incredibly flippant, but I was just I wanted to talk about working with younger bands, and because you, you mentioned. Um, the, the band you've been working with recently and like coming at it from such a different <clears throat> place uh, as far as culturally for themselves just as as being younger age-wise but yeah. then also wanting to 
uh, kind of tap the well, tap the well. Sure, yeah. Get get tap yeah. the vein into like what they looked at as like this historical epoch of music, and and do their own take on that. And I think that that's something yeah. that when you continue to just do your thing and don't stop, you don't think about it that much, except for mm-hmm. once in a while when you're talking about like, you know, somebody. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, they open for us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, like those those moments. Um, but I mean, it still sounds vital. I mean, I, I can't say I've, like listened to like everything that you produced of like you know every band, but like I've heard a couple of things. I was like, oh, this is cool, and it's very clear that you're putting you know your heart and your soul into making them Always. sound the best and like giving them the best record. So overall, what would you say, like these young bucks, these these kids these days, like? You know, do you feel like it's much different when they have this cornucopia of influence and, <laughs> and, I, I, and I, I electrified guitars and <laughs> I don't, I don't really because you know that there's kind of like a uh, it seems to me like a soft reset each generation, and 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 I kind of wish I could do that like a memory wipe without without you know losing anything that you know because mm. I, I want I want to feel the excitement of hearing Eric Dolphy for the first time or Nusrat yeah, Fateli yeah. Khan. Or let me start the Bourguerre, or or you know my first uh, Keith Jarrett trio concert, or what you know endless Fred Frith like blowing my mind live guitar like Baroque, Beyond Baroque and on Venice in the eighty whatever the fuck it was. Um, when I saw him do that spoon stuff, I was like, "What are you? What? <laughs> what are you? Do- what is this? What's happening?" My fa- my favorite is turning his guitar up with like nine fuzzes and all kinds of stuff, and then grabbing a bag of rice and dropping the rice onto the strings. <laughs> creating the most like ominous end of the world low end fucking crashing rice you have it's the most evil rice you ever heard in your life <laughs> yeah that, that rice means business <laughs> that's a fuck that's a fucked up rice bro um i mean if it was cooked it would have been more impressive but this was you know dry rice obviously yeah, 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 for yeah, of course. hygienic reasons on tour um <laughs> no but but I think I think uh, I think it's 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 beautiful to see the uh, because it reminds me of me and and obviously my they reach far as far back as I do you know obviously there'd be like some people that are into fifties and those and the Beatles and Sly and and like Hendrix and like some some of the more unsung you know chart hogs or uh, 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 you know uh, I mean groundhogs and um, oh, groundhogs are so great groundhogs are you know like like uh, uh, you know you know about Roy Buchanan it's, it's surprising to, not surprising to me but 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 they do their it's like they got the vinyl thing you know and they go collect and they listen and they're so serious about it and obviously like I, I remember being a kid and having to wait five months for for an import uh, vinyl to come from Japan right. now you can just go on Spotify and like you know search for it. oh there it is um, <laughs> tap, tap, tap. there it is yeah exactly <laughs> I remember like liking bands for for so long before I even knew what they looked like because I had to wait for the cream magazine to feature them yes. or the circus <laughs> yes I, I know that very well my friend yes yeah it was it was it was you know whatever but but still it doesn't it doesn't it I think I think that there's just like the spirit of rock and roll to me is is ever going and and to me rock and roll is is like this 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 umbrella or this this mini biosphere that can actually contain more different things about other styles of music than any other style of music, you know? I mean, uh, uh, other ca- styles of music can can have a cross-pollination with other things, but rock and roll, you can, you can, 
I mean, if you say it's just it's just such a broad term, it can contain so many things that like right, right. have like you know Mike Garson doing avant-garde piano stylings, it's, you know like Cecil Ta- Cecil Taylor stuff and Aladdin Sane, and and it can have like you know beautiful atonal like uh, string quartets and um, Johnny Greenwood's arrangements. Yeah, like are brilliant. Suicide is rock and roll. Like Devo is rock and roll. Like yeah, these bands yeah, are like you yeah. wouldn't they would necessarily have like the. Uh, the instrumentation to be like the hallmarks of that. But I think that that's, that, that's how I choose to interpret it as well. So oh, oh, of course it, it's just almost like a spirit, like a freedom, a spirit of freedom and inclusion and also rebellion, obviously. And also like a ther- therapeutic, like way of like, you know, getting your, your, uh, your, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, being uncomfortable uh, and, downright angry with with reality with the world with the unfairness of it and things like that obviously other music has this too but uh but th- that's why I've, I've always like overall like that's 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 why i'm a, I'm a rock musician you know, you can, i'm totally fine with that you know I can, I can play bits of music inside that 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 that, that appear to be related to other styles but uh, you know it's so anyway so, so, so the kids so, are all right is what you're trying to say yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a language. We're speaking the same. Yeah, we're we're speaking the same language, and 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 there's a freshness to 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 it, and they remind me often about things that that uh, that I might have uh, uh, you know not forgotten, but just you know. But but I, I try to be like I said, like I try to be so uh, transparent and and just help them in in this, and and also not not so much like assert myself in a way that they will follow me blindly. But I established very early on that we're all on in this together, and you can totally tell me I'm full of shit if you if you don't agree with my idea. Yeah. I might have an idea. I mean, it happens. You know, I have mostly good ideas, <laughs> but but every once in a while I'd be like, you know what? We need a kazoo section right here, right. like eight, eight kazoos. And they're like, nah, that's nah, that's yeah, okay, okay. Cool. Mean, Never mind. Does anyone really need? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, they missed out on the kazoo section, though. Yeah, I tell well, you, you what. my my kazoo only record coming out twenty twenty one. Yeah, but you know, so so it's it's just a beautiful thing, and you know, it, it keeps me. I hate to say it like this, but it keeps me kind of young and connected. You know, no, I, like, I I think that that's. I mean, yeah. man, shaman, shaman, however you want to call it. I'm a man of goddamn science, yeah. and I think there's something to that. I mean, there's people I know that. I went to high school with him, and it's like Christ, like you know, you look like you're 20 years older than me. I know. <laughs> not to be not to be a dick well, and totally vain about I it. I mean, but... <laughs> I'm, it's just it's just it's just not my my nature to be there and and sit there and go, well, you kids these days, you don't know nothing. In my time, this and this and the other, you got to do it like I did it because that's what. Not none of that happens because because I don't. To this day, I still don't believe I actually made or own any of the music that I've done. I've just kind of been lent it. And I don't know, I, I try to kind of think about where, like, this is really how I feel. And, and, and obviously I've been the, the, you know, involved as a creator of something, but the process isn't that to me. It, it's very much one of just like, you know, the, uh, preparing to receive a transmission. I know that sounds very metaphysical, and I know that I've lived in California since 76 or 75, but <laughs> I know that I, I read way too much Cast- Castaneda when I was a kid and tempered <laughs> with some uh, Joseph Campbell and whatever. Um, no, but but that's just uh, that's just kind of like uh, like the way that, 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 that I 
like to live. It's just like it keeps it keeps it mysterious to me. I, I, I love the magic and mystery of it. I like like I don't want to know too much about the instrument that I'm playing, you know. Mm. And, and sometimes and it pisses me off because I love jazz so much. But in a jazz situation, uh, I got to be guided by my ear, and I will fail miserably if it's uh, you know if it's going by too fast or whatever. It doesn't matter. I I, I you know I just. Just in my nature, I want to keep it always a little bit mysterious keep and magical. Keep it dangerous. Keep it a little bit. Yeah, like I want to. I want. Uh, I want to be somewhere between. I don't know what the fuck is going on, and like I really know what's happening here, and somewhere like right, in between, right. maybe oscillating back and forth, you know, um, and reacting in the moment because you know there's so many things happening in an environment in a recording studio. It's like the people in, in the room, the, 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 you know, if there's an engineer and then the, 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 and the band and the friends that come over and whatever it is, it's, it's, it's such a, such a thing that can derail the process uh, that you kind of have to um, kind of adjust for, you know, and, 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 and understand, not understand, I don't like mentally understand, but you know, I, it, it's a very unclear answer at this moment, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. I, I absolutely do. And I think it's a, I think that's a great way of looking at it. I think that's it. That's if there's any way to sort of keep it real and keep it young feeling at the same way, it's it's realizing you don't know everything, and that's that's kind of part exactly. of the adventure, right? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, when, we're, when we're closing things out, I do want to talk about the uh, Scarbox guitars because when, yes. when I first saw that, I definitely had the "What the hell is that?" kind of like reaction yeah. of like what? It's called. Matt, Matt, Matty the Luthier would like to call it, uh, he calls it Sig Fiddle, which I think is a good name because it's proprietary t- TM. So Matty uh, um, Barato, um, the first one I got was in the early 2000s and it was a four string. And it was like, make me wild and you're so, so beautiful. And show me something, the tiny Tim section. Yeah, yeah. And then sometime in 2004, five or six or something he made me my eighth string and we decided to do it like a c and fourths tuning mm. and then i had that instrument mm. with me uh with uh, the, during the crooked vultures tour Which and all the songs about are... christ okay yeah but yeah, yeah. Okay. well <laughs> next time or or uh, uh, yeah yeah exactly this is there's plenty to talk about um so so that that became my 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 it's so portable and it's so magical and it plays into several aspects of, 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 of my uh, nature. Um, it, 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 ha- it has a, a percussive and uh, na- uh, it has a kind of an aggression and a, and, and a percussion to it like a flamenco guitar would. It has a, 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 a prettiness to it. Um, it, it has kinda, a simplicity. It kind of sings, it sings a little. Yeah, it sings a little. And, 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 exactly, and it's a, it's a perfect volume to not push your vocal too loud over and it sits in a certain play, a register so that my voice can actually scoop underneath it and above it. And, and it plays into my love of world music. It, like, depending on how I play it, I, it can sound uh, exotic, like some, you know, some Eastern European instrument, or it could be like a, like a Portuguese guitar. It could be like a mandolin. It could be all kinds of things. And it's so portable and, and it literally hasn't left my sight, you know, it's, since uh, um, since I got it, and you know, Spark was composed almost entirely on that, except for a couple of tunes. Um, and yeah, and so so Maddie makes these, and he's you know he's made some for Paul McCartney and for Jumple Jones and and Dave Grohl and Josh, and then he made a, a, a wine box bass, and 
he's a he's an amazing luthier, you know. And 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 Maddie, Maddie's aesthetically unfuckwithable. I mean, they're just like, <laughs> like just like you look at him, you're like, I don't know what's going on there, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've played entire shows when I opened up for Queens in 2010, and and and, uh, and then with Chris uh, Cornell in 2011, just carrying this little cigar box, going up on stage like this, you know, heavy set bald man with a tiny <laughs> square comes out and sings tender songs in the, in a context of like a festival where when when rage is about to yeah. take the stage and there's some bro with his shirt off and it's just like this is not what i expected i was going to be singing. yeah i mean you know it's just, just i think i think i think i get a, a applause just for the balls and the and the, and the, and the daring do the daring do spirit you know it's like we can do this it's a tiny box i got it yeah, but it sounds so, great, and it, and it, and it does. The oh, thing. I love and, it. And there's, I mean, and I think the the key thing is too is you're doing it with a complete authority and knowing who you are, which I think you can, you can get by a lot of stuff that maybe other folks couldn't just because of that. Like it, it's you're like, oh no, that's that's serving a purpose. This yeah. is this isn't just an well, aesthetic. No, no, no. What it actually has become is 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 it's drawn out an aspect of myself, a very specific aspect of myself. Uh, plugged into it that I can manifest through this instrument um, that I can't on any other other instrument. Like, I play completely differently on, on a cigar box and compose completely different on a sick fiddle. Sorry, Maddie. A sick fiddle than, uh, than any other instrument uh, existing. And it actually draws songs out of me. It's got an economy, uh, um, the way that it's tuned, and because it has octave strings on the low C and F, you know. It's basically tuned like if you put your... Your your uh, you know uh, a capo or finger on on the eighth fret right mm-hmm. on C, um, and then you just to break away the high E and B string. So that's that's what it is, um, and it just has this way of like like uh, uh, doing the the the, cr- the cross of uh, melodic possibilities because of the octave strings in the bottom, and the way that I you know that I that I pick you know it, it just it just it's just very it's a beautiful thing. And uh, he's made me a couple touring tour worthy ones because when I was opening up for Mondo Cane with Mike Patton here in Chile, I actually uh, tripped on the lip into catering that I knew was there <laughs> after three days, Whoops. and I went, I, I went flying, and, and and I was wearing this poncho, and 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 as I was flying through the air, the you know I didn't cut the strings; I had them kind of curly, oh, you know. Some, yeah, I know it all too well. Yeah. And, and, and it got stuck on the poncho, and, and when I was flying through the air and trying to to literally throw it to the side in a smooth fashion, I landed square on it, all 230 pounds of me, and uh, and and literally I crushed it. I crushed it. And so anyway, he's made me a much more resilient box. He fixed it, and it actually has only lost about four percent of its uh, of its resonance. Well, that's sadly. That that's a credit to the to the uh, to the craftsmanship, I think, for sure. It's, Especially, especially because it, it just the, the top was just completely floating. The reason why it's so resonant is, yeah. is the top is floating. It doesn't have like a super reinforced, you know. So well, what I yeah. like about it is that there's at least the perceived fragility. Fragility. Yeah. Fra- fragility. Fragility. Fr- fragility. Uh, it uh, breaks uh, real uh, easy. Uh, I, I like that. Shamanity. 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 It's a Mel Brooks song. The whole thing off. The uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the, the it does have 
it does have that mind, that thing where you look at it, you're like, that thing could break very easily. Or at least that's what I mm-hmm. think of because I'm but, apparently a, a chaos theory purveyor. But yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, I don't know, it's really fascinating. And I'll, I will, I will henceforth use the correct terminology for it. Sick fiddle. Sick fiddle. So, so Alan, I want to thank you so much for spending so much time with me. This has been a blast. I'm oh, so thank you, bro. It's been amazing. Uh, last thing, and I always ask everyone as we're closing it out, and you can choose to interpret it however you like. Uh, why do you do what you do? Ah, because I have no other choice. Um, I think I think I was pretty much aware of this by the time I was four, because my best moments were were involved music floating through the house, and the mystery of, of seeing my uncle play the instruments, and and that's the happiest uh, I felt was when music was happening. So I thought I feel most connected and most alive and uh, most uh, anxiety free. <laughs> <laughs> and freaking out about the state of the world because you know, I was kind of a sensitive kid, so uh, you know, I'm one of those panic attack at seven kind of guys, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, music was it. I mean, it's a long answer, but but uh, yeah, music is it. I, I do it because because it's the only way I know how to connect to uh, the best aspect of, of being alive. Yeah. Well, I thank you for it. I thank you for the music. Hum. Available, uh, in, well, in our current, present causality and timeline, uh, Friday. <laughs> Friday anyway, 31st is Friday. Yeah, 31st, whatever that is. He might get out of Chile eventually. Tune in next week. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a great yeah. record, brother. Thanks so much for doing Thank the show. You. And, I appreciate um, I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stay safe out there. You too, brother. Thank you for the awesome hang. Yeah, man. Take care. And thanks for everybody, everybody listening. Thank you, too, for indulging us. <laughs> all right all right there goes mr alan johannes let's listen to uh, a song off of the new record this is hum walk to the old oak today i feel the letters holding sway through the leaves let trickling we let our grass caress Inside out, and in my old book, we can name. 
Well, well, well. All right, so we had Alan Johannes there. Alan Johannes. Hum. Can you hear me now? It's uh, off of the record hum. That's good. It's coming out, uh, well, depending on when you're listening to this, it's coming out Friday or it already came out or whatever. But Ipecac. Ipecac. Fucking Ipecac. It's releasing that. Go get it. It's good. Are we going? Honey Honest is generally pretty awesome. What an awesome dude, too. What a fucking great time that was for me. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, so name of the show is Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. This show airs on Radio Nope. RadioNope.com. Usually Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific. Protonic Reversal.com for the archives. Always free. Within the sound of my voice. Patreon.com slash Reversal. Get episodes sooner. A dollar a month will get you there. No ads, no sponsors. I've got. No kidding. 50,000 watts of power. Great stuff coming up as always. Thanks for sharing the show around. It's always appreciated. Much appreciated. Anything else? Let's see. This microphone turns sound into electricity. Alan Johannes is a badass. Stay safe out there. Can you hear me now? And take it easy. Out on Route 128. Take it easy. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. 
I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? broadcasting if there's no one there to receive it's the end of radio as we come to the close of our broadcast Radio. 